And we're back. Salt to the Streets podcast. This is Saturday, June 16th, 1.16 p.m. It's episode 18. And welcome back, everybody, to the Salt to the Streets podcast, the everyday normal person's con- podcast where we bring you social and political commentary, weekly news, pop culture, sports, and of course, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. We are your hosts. I'm Colin, a.k.a. at Big Bert Offie. I'm Donovan. I am at Salt of the Street on Twitter. And coming up on this week's show, we're going to be discussing the latest and greatest with the North Korea summit that took place in Singapore. Singapore summit. Uh, We're going to be diving back into the so-called head tax and the repeal in Seattle. Probably get into some more of the homeless problem talk. Definitely. And... uh, Probably get into the court's decision on the AT&T Time Warner merger and who knows what else, time permitting. Yeah, got but, lots of stuff. Yeah, but before we jump into that, just a reminder uh, to everyone out there that's listening, head over to our social media pages on Facebook, Instagram, follow us, give us a like, you know, wherever you're listening to this, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, wherever you're listening to it, jump into those reviews, give us a nice little review. Helps get the show out there and lets people know what we're doing. Absolutely. And that with that. Well put. <laughs> I'm trying to tighten it up. That was nice. That was uh, really nice. I, I'm trying to take a lead from, believe it or not, Mr. John Podhorns you know, over at the Commentary <laughs> Magazine. I kind of thought. Because kinda he thought has that. a he has a nice little tight thing that he does. I like yeah. it. Jordan uh, doesn't like because she heard it for the first time. She doesn't like how lifeless it is. Um, it's very... Because his can run <laughs> together, but I think the style of it is good as long as you put more life in it, you know? Yeah. Then I it's think definitely not for everybody. It. Yeah. Because I think that it, it's good that he has it, like, almost memorized, you know? But he sounds like he hates his life when he says <laughs> it. So as long as you sound entertained, I think you're yeah. golden. It's because he's John Podhorance, man. I love it. Oh, shit. <laughs> I hit my head on that. Boom. Just lean too far. It's, well, I forget what that is. It's like the air. It's the, it's the something? The, yeah, the big fan thing. I don't know. We live in a garage, man. It is what it is. <laughs> uh, so we already talked about. Uh, oh, I this have an week announcement the before life. you move on. Do you want to hit okay. that? Uh, yeah, let's I do think it. I'd like to just hit it in the beginning, if that's okay with you. Bring us in hot. So today's Monday. Well, today that we're recording this is Saturday, but it's going to come out on Monday, <clears throat> which the 18th is mine and Jordan's two-year anniversary, actually. On oh. Monday, when this comes out, I did not know that. Yes, it worked Congratulations. out. Congratulations! Thank you very much. Um, and so we decided that that would be a good time to announce to everybody that it was a success. We are going to have a baby. Uh, yeah, we had been. Thank you very much. We've been trying for however many weeks. Yeah, since just a couple, you know, podcasts in. Um, so it worked. Everything's going good. Uh, she's like ten weeks uh, when you're listening to this. Uh, so we got you know our first ultrasound coming up, and uh, that is so amazing. And it's going good. She's very healthy. Um, went to the doctor the other day. He said you're definitely pregnant. Uh, so <laughs> excuse me. So we're definitely having a baby. Um, it's going to be sweet. January. Congratulations, so, you know, dude! I'm so excited. Too. So and we'll find out. Father's Day is coming up tomorrow, tomorrow, aka yesterday. If you're listening to this on yeah. Monday. And this will be your first. Uh, it's the practice run. Yeah, this is your yeah. practice run. This is your, what I'm calling your it. to be father. Yeah, stay. I'm not. I'm not going to give myself a full point for it, but I'll go for a half a point because I, you know, we're well, getting there. So. I'll say this uh, because in case the the people don't know, your birthday is incredibly close to Christmas. Yeah, Christmas Eve. 
And so I feel like you probably kind of get screwed out of like two celebratory days. Yeah. But hey, now you're going to have one that's like six months separated. You're good right. to go, bro. Everything will be fine. Somebody yeah. else. Oh, it was my cousin because his birthday is on Father's Day. And so I was like, man, that's awesome. But kind of not because you like lose out on two days. Right. It's like that's a Father's Day is like a free day for dads to get, you know, it's like a free birthday. Except you don't have to celebrate getting older. When he has a kid one day, then his birthday will be super duper special. Absolutely. But so, until then, bump bump. Just bum. super weak. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so that's my big announcement. Um, we're also we waited. Uh, we've known for a couple weeks. We decided to wait and like just told our family and you guys. Um, mm-hmm. And it's been like the hardest thing in the world not to talk to anybody about it. But now <laughs> I can. Um, yeah, but we're putting it like on. We're gonna. You know, there's a picture that she wants to take and stuff. So we're gonna put that Beautiful. picture on the internet on Monday Beautiful. today, if because uh, that's when you're listening to it. Um, and that's when people know. So it just worked out coincidentally that we released the podcast on the same day. Perfect. So, <clears throat> definitely did not try to plan that. No, it was just an accident. We definitely um, could have taken credit for that, but <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> but, but I'll be honest. Um, yeah. Well, so that's my big news. That's um, fucking awesome. And. We can move on to the first topic now if you want. Do you want to do North Korea first? Is that what you wanted? I mean, or do, do you, you want, want to, to get fired up first? real quick? Uh, yeah. yeah. Because, we can talk yeah, about we can North totally Korea. do that. So on the 11th. Um, mm, well, pause button, actually. Sorry. Should we talk about the blog first? Our blog oh, post. Oh, yes. Just a reminder. Your blog post. Yeah. yeah. Um, we usually do that. Just kind of a nice little reminder for everybody to go to saltthestreets.com. Check out the click the media tab. Go to the the blog, and uh, we post a new blog post every Thursday. And that we have the upcoming descents coming out too at the end of this month. Ooh! But uh, yeah, yeah this this last week I wrote a piece, almost a week ago. Yeah, I mean I did it. It was like uh, the day. Well, it's about Anthony Bourdain's death and kind of what. Two after the last podcast. Yeah, because when when did he die? On Friday or Thursday or something Thursday, like that? I think. Yeah, of last week. And so that was, uh, yeah, because we mentioned it last week's on the show, but we didn't want to talk about it yet. But uh, yeah, I just kind of threw soon. all that angst and, you know, everything that I wanted to say. I just threw it down. And then I was like, oh, hey, here, free blog post. It was really, really good. Well, thank it was you. A, a, a very, very good piece. If you have not read it, you definitely should. It was a quick read because it's just a blog post, it's, you know, so it doesn't, it's not going to take you an hour, not even going to take yeah. 10 minutes. <laughs> it's very, very good piece. I liked it a lot. Well, thank you, sir. Yeah. I, I literally like bled for that. It was, I don't know. I'm, Bourdain's been one of my, he's been a huge influence on my life and like on my career when I was a cook for so long. Right. And, you know, his travel show, his books, I mean, everything. And so, like, when I first heard that news, you you would text me first thing in the morning. It was like, yo, bro, I feel like I should be the one to tell you this. Yeah. And I was like, dude. I wake up at four, so I read about it. It's like as soon as I woke up. Yeah. Um, because it had just happened like two hours before I woke up. Yeah. Um, that shit fucked yeah. me up. Yeah. And I, I knew what a big fan you were of Bourdain. So I would rather have told you than for you to read about it yourself. And I, I highly appreciated that. Because even though it was... 5 30 when i think i first got it i looked down i was like man i was like but i'd rather find out through a text message from a homie than reading it on some fucking cnn article or yeah well and did you did you sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you did you hear on dave rubin that now there's like some fucking or it was the joe rogan with dave rubin on it 
um, that now there's some fucking conspiracy theories around his death. You know? Oh, I know exactly. Within less than oh, 24 yeah. hours from yeah. when I, I got a text message from somebody who shall remain nameless. Yeah, so what did you hear on that? What's the theories on the th- on The crazy, crazy conspiracy theory that no one should believe is that um, because he his his girlfriend, his last girlfriend was uh, Asia Argento, I believe her name is, um, she's one of the people very, very heavily involved with fighting against uh, Harvey Weinstein and all that good stuff, and he, you know, Bourdain himself has been kind of an outspoken critic <laughs> of Hillary Clinton and the Sorry. Clinton Foundation and all that stuff. Bless you. Thank you. That supposedly uh, Harvey Weinstein and and those types work with like Mossad agents and like these you know paid killers to like have people suicided, and you know basically Bourdain was killed for asking the wrong questions, getting too involved. Oh my god! I think it's absolutely it's insanely disrespectful it's absolutely insane if you listen to yourself talk about it it's it sounds like some alex jones level shit and i don't know why people aren't calling it for what it is but i guess that's the nature of the fucking stupid conspiracy culture we live in now everything can be a conspiracy because we can't know everything 100 percent factually all the time no fuck you you're an idiot Uh, but that aside (laughs) uh but yeah, so if you haven't checked it out, go check out the blog post, saltedstreets.com. I think it's saltedstream.com slash blog will take you directly there. Well, there you go. If not, I've been sending out the wrong link to everybody, and I will <laughs> figure that out. But saltedstreets.com, yeah. that will take you there. Just one click after that. So on a much lighter topic that's not really light, let's talk some uh, North Korea summit action. Yes, so, <clears throat> excuse me, on the 11th, there was the summit. We've talked about this, um, you know, when it first was announced, and then yeah. we may or may not have talked about it when it was. We did talk about it when it was canceled, and then may or may not have talked about it when it was put back on. Yeah, um, because, because you fifty-fifty flip a coin whether maybe it was, it was really going to yeah. happen. So it did actually happen. They did meet in Singapore, um, and they came out and they like met each other on a red carpet. Uh, there's videos on YouTube that you can go and look at. You should look at it because, regardless of any opinions or anything, it was historic, strictly uh, to, at the point that it was the first time that any leader of like another country like that had met with the leader of North Korea. Yeah, um, most of the time, modernized Western nations don't meet in person with illegitimate dictatorial regimes. And so this was definitely a first leader-to-leader head-to-head. I mean, we've had, I don't know, looking back at like the Bill Clinton thing or whatever, I don't know who exactly went over there last time, but from my understanding, it's always been kind of the State Department head that goes over there. You taking a, uh, oh, tissue break? Allergies are fucking going nuts. But yeah, he went over there. You said it was the 11th, um, which... If I remember right, it was supposed to be scheduled for the 12th, and then they did it like a day early and just jumped into it. And I think they did a little bit more on the 12th and then wrapped up, and they were done within like a day or two. But, yeah, it was uh, – if you see any of the videos, it was a made-for-TV moment. I mean, the production values, all this stuff, I mean, it felt like an episode of you know the latest U.S. government reality TV show that our political world is today. But uh, 
one of the things just about that before we even jump into it more that scene you're describing where they kind of walked out on that red carpet and you know you had i don't need a, a dozen two dozen different uh national flags and it was north korea u.s north korea u.s all yeah. just lined up together yeah and uh somebody i think it was ben shapiro made a a very good point about that so if you if you take north korea for the country that it is you know the the more or less slave state that it is yeah I mean, putting the United States flag right next to that is it could be the equivalent of putting, you know, a U.S. flag against a Nazi flag back in ni- the 1940s. Right. <clears throat> Which optics wise, I mean, it, yeah, we'll get into it later, but there's a lot of this stuff that I don't like about this because mm-hmm. of legitimizing, you know, an illegitimate regime and whatnot. Which I can definitely agree with. But we can get into more of that after we hit all the the good stuff uh, i mean we can just start there okay um because we'll just take it piece by piece right so the mm-hmm. first one to talk about is like you said the some of the symbolism that was there right so they came out and they shook hands in front of the flags like you were talking about um and then they sat down and they had a meeting and they chopped it up with the press for a little bit and then donald trump showed this video on an <laughs> ipad yeah uh that was like what like a promotional world. video about like what the world could be like if North Korea and America and the United States had a good mm-hmm. relationship. It was know. kind of like a uh, it was like a sales pitch for capitalism. Yeah, it was. Really, Look at what you could be, bro. Yeah, um, it was very interesting. And then and then the the, the reporters left right, and they met for yeah. a little bit just with. Just their the interpreters. translators, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah, the translators, not the interpreters, the translators. And then they had like a lunch together, a working lunch where they sat down and ate uh, spicy, sweet and spicy pork. I think oh. um, sweet and spicy something is what they ate. And mm. then he yeah, he wasn't there for very long. He he left early. He was there for less time than he had originally planned. Donald yeah. Trump was, um, and then they signed. An agreement, right, that yeah. depending on what news channels you were watching or reading from or anything like that um, is either, like, really good or, I mean, nothing at all, right? And <clears throat> I got the four points yes, verbatim so, right here. So, so it highlighted the agreement they signed was, like, a page and a half, I think, and it highlighted four points that... Colin is about to go over, and we will highlight that it are things that have already been agreed to. Like this new agreement that Donald Trump, the President Trump, sorry, is toting as like, you know, and Mike Pompeo and several other people in the administration are toting as something that has effectively ended North Korea as a nuclear state, right? Because that's what President Trump said, is that they're no longer a nuclear threat at all, right? (laughs) The four things that Colin is going to highlight are points that they've already agreed to that like are already standing that like everybody's already okay with so what are yeah. the what are and the if anything they're there? less they're less restrictive uh, what's the word? Binding. restrictive yeah i mean there's zero binding capability to this thing yeah. whatsoever it's just a Very weird open it's agreement. a non-binding resolution but number one the u.s and the dprk uh the democratic the people's republic, republic of korea thank you uh, commit I, to establish. I was hoping I would be able to say that. I <laughs> swear to God, I thought about it this week, and I was like, I hope that I'm able to say yeah. that. 
And I, I love the break, the Democratic you. People's Republic of Korea. Yeah. It is neither Democratic, the people's, not a republic. republic. And, I mean, I guess like, technically on the Korean Korea. Peninsula. It is part of Korea. So, point number one. The U.S. and the DPRK K commit to establish new U.S. DPRK relations in accordance with the desire of the peoples of the two countries for peace and prosperity. So that just means... That, hey, we're going to work this out and become peaceful. Yeah. Sure. Number two, the U.S. DPRK will join their efforts to build a lasting and stable peace regime on the Korean Peninsula. Okay. That sounds like a lovely idea. Number three, reaffirming the April 27, 2018 Panmunjom. I knew I was going to screw that up. Declaration, the DPRK commits to work towards complete denuclearization of the Korean Peninsula. And so really what that is, it's just a callback to an old declaration that they had signed um, back in uh, April 2000. And I don't think that's, maybe it is 18. Yeah, but, I think because yeah, I mean, it, it was just when he just came to visit, right? When, yeah, uh, I thought that was a typo for the, a minute. But no, yeah. just when the nuclear guy came to win. Yeah, this when, yeah the... I can't remember, but it was the I call him a nuclear representative guy, because he he once he like helped sink a vessel, right? So he's not a nuclear guy. I don't know no. why I said that, but um, but anyways, they're all nuclear guys. Yeah. There. So really, all that does is just kind of say, oh yeah, we're going to commit again to this to old the commitment we to, earlier this yeah. year. And I think that that's a callback to them imploding their nuclear mountain and all that kind of good stuff, but nothing yeah. new. And then number four, the U.S. and DPRK commit to re- recovering POW slash MIA remains, including the immediate repatriation of those already identified, which uh, North Korea has been promising off and on for the past 30 years. And sometimes have tried to, like, charge money for it, right? Like that was Oh, yeah, thing no, it's usually they, yeah, you get a bribe, for... we pay you a bunch of money, <laughs> And then you allow us to come in and collect a few bones from some long dead soldiers from the Korean War and bring yeah. them back and bury them where they belong. And so we've been paying for that. Uh, uh, what's the? There was an old saying. It was the uh, bones for bucks program. There it is. Bucks for bones or there something like is. that. But yeah, it's been off, off again, on again for a long time. So ideally, that would be wonderful if to just continue doing that. Yeah. Uh, but that was literally it. I mean, there's not a whole lot there. It's non-binding. There's nothing to do. It's like a nice little friendly handshake and a and a promise. It, like, it's oh, no, a symbol. Cool. It, it's yeah. it's all it is is a symbol to set to set on top of this occasion. You know, mm-hmm. just so that there's something they can both walk away with. Yeah, because it's not. It's a like victory. You said, you said it's not anything new. No, it's a victory for both sides. It's a small victory for both sides because they have something to show that hey, we're making progress. Right. Realistically. Maybe we don't know. I don't, I yeah. mean, who knows? Anything can happen. But. And certainly to say that they are no longer a nuclear threat is at the very least incorrect, at the most a bold lie by the president. Yeah. Um, because that's, I don't think anybody else would say that that's the truth. No. And when you look at that, uh, the, de- the complete denuclearization of the Korean Peninsula, they are just reaffirming their commitment to an old declaration to commit to work towards that. Yeah. And that's that's it. And again, that's not even legally binding. He could turn around tomorrow and just say, nah, piss off. I'm done. We're going to try this again. But now I got nukes, bro. So in that episode of Intercepted that I listened to, um, that I still think you should listen to, they were talking about the optics, kind of like we were talking about of, you know, how... 
a lot of mainstream media was covering it as kind of a, as we are that it, it might be a little bit dangerous to be setting them on like an equal playing field right because yeah i have a huge problem with that because later when when president trump was asked about it um and about their human rights violations and stuff like that i mean he's he brushed off and said oh well you know it's bad in a lot of places you know like yeah. it's bad in a lot of places so Which, um, yeah no don't even say that to belittle the forced starvation of of your own citizens I think of not our citizens, but of their citizens, I think is disrespectful to those people and is kind of disgusting. And um, it's tone deaf as hell. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I think that, I think that starting, I guess not starting negotiations is, is not bad, but like proceeding anywhere without them, like kind of straighting that out you know mm-hmm. is like really dangerous is that's, legitimizing to yeah. them at a time where it shouldn't be yeah and that's know? been a, a common thread i've heard on a couple of uh you know my news circles or whatever is the fact that oh come on i was just i forgot the point i was gonna make crap the fact that you can't legitimize oh the in the past whenever we've had these meetings these declarations all this there's always been preconditions to meet before we come to the table right you take some steps and you do some things and i guess you might be able to correlate the imploding of their nuclear mountain as kind of maybe a step a precondition yeah but we haven't had any official preconditions to you know allow a meeting like this to ever happen it was like you did some stuff there's been a lot of heated rhetoric back and forth and hey now we're gonna go have a summit so i could yeah Sorry. You, you know what I mean, though. Yeah. No, it's, absolutely. That it's because you're right. There wasn't anything. There was no. I mean, the we got the we got the prisoners. We got the three prisoners back. Yeah, which was great. Um, and then, like, and we, like the, I said earlier, we had that. They brought the reporters there to show them the, like you were saying, the nuclear mountain. It was a mountain they had where they would do test sites. Yeah. Um, and so they destroyed that and brought people there to look at it. Um, but. I mean, you could kind of call those preconditions, but nothing was ever official about it, right? And that's one thing I guess I've never heard coming from. And I would, and I wouldn't think that those. I I I agree that you could call those preconditions right, but that's not kind of what I would want because that's yeah. something that can come. The soldiers or the prisoners coming home, yes, but like the destruction of the nuclear site to me is more part of denuclearization. So I mm-hmm. think that one of the precursors should be an adjustment. And that's seeing that word seems too feels too little to me, right? When we're talking about the suffering of all those people, like yeah. like the way that the North Koreans live their lives, you know, twenty five million people, right, starving <laughs> so, in a slave state, a huge major adjustment, you know, without something like that being being put in place, I don't, I think that it's dangerous to start to do that. You know, like I said, it yeah. legitimizes it his his ability to do that, especially when the president is is saying that like well he's a good guy and and he really cares about his people you know and i mean that and like you know his people bow to him and i i wish my people did that to me you know <sighs> and, and then saying that it's a joke afterwards and, and i understand yeah. you know but it's and he like he went on fox and friends like a couple of days afterwards when he got home like they're outside the white house just reporting and he just yeah. walked out and just goes on there look out the window and, and, oh those are my buddies it's so wildly fucking inappropriate yeah you know that i just can't 
I can't even barely it, comprehend it, you know? I'm like, I'm fucking getting so angry just thinking about this again. Because, like you said before, he's been praising the hell out of him. Yeah. And I can, I can understand that being a tactic. But I can understand that being a tactic anywhere else but in the office of the presidency. That should not be a thing you do. You well, know, especially when he's it, been so fucking fire and fury and max pressure and all this stuff, and I'm so goddamn tough, and now that I'm here, I'm I'm bending over backwards. And, oh, yeah. You know, I just... Well, I he had talked gross. about that. Was it with Steve Ducey or... Ducey or I can't remember, because he's been talking to so many different people mm-hmm. from Fox lately. Um but yeah, he was talking about how he regretted having to use the rhetoric like that. But it was only it, it you had to do what you had it's to just do. A tactic. And, yeah, I was like, so why are you going to turn around? You're going to say he has a great personality. He's incredibly intelligent. He really cares about his people. And you're like, right? I mean, we're describing one of the the worst despots of our entire era. Absolutely. And you're just going to sit there and and you know blow smoke up his ass and and you know brown nose as much as possible to try to. I don't understand. That leaves you so open in a diplomatic area. If he was to turn around tomorrow and just say, fuck the United States, we're not doing this anymore, and, you know, go back to the, you know, God knows what. Right. I mean, it's going to make us look like a bunch of assholes. Yeah. And I think that's an incredibly dangerous tactic to do. It might work okay in a business world when but not in- you're really just worried about lawyers making sure everything's legit. Yeah. Deciding on a number, not when you're talking about geopolitics. Yeah, and that's what really gets me heated about all this is his fucking statements afterwards, talking this dude up and blowing smoke up his ass. And yeah, you know, I don't know a good, uh, uh, you know, analogy for that, but <laughs> so I have to make this point because I this is what I was trying to say earlier about the intercept. Right, they were mm-hmm. talking about how mainstream media is covering it that it's uh, you know audacious almost for for them to be put on the same like level as us and and all the whatever and the intercept was like jeremy scahill i should say not you know the intercept mm-hmm. he, but he so he's the host of intercepted that podcast and he was like oh how ridiculous that the people of north korea would want to be put on the same playing field as somebody that they're trying to negotiate with like they're real people I'm like, I think there's a little bit more to be taken into this situation than they're both just people. You yeah, know what I'm saying? A little like, bit. Yeah, and and uh, how he said something about how. Let's see. Pull out the notes. That, yeah, um, I must not have wrote that down. But he was talking about how when it comes to human rights violations, we will get involved in other countries but if it's a communist country we just won't touch it you know america just won't fucking like get involved in it and so why should we start caring now you know and how ridiculous it is that that we didn't care in the past you know quote unquote and now we do excuse me that we're gonna negotiate i don't know i just i mean to go back to was it Jeremy Scahill that said that? that yeah. Uh, you know, these are two people, and it's people and people. How ridiculous that, you know, that they would want to be put on a level playing field with America. That's, well, no. I mean, you can't say that, though. Right. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever, because regardless of, yes, these are people, but that's not who we're talking. We're not talking about, talking about the leader Donald J. Trump. We're talking about the President of the United States and the dictatorial supreme whatever the leader yeah the yeah. supreme the supreme oh my god i can't even say it supreme leader supreme leader 
I've been yeah. tongue-tied as hell all week, dude. Supreme Leader Kim Jong-un. Yeah. And that's who we're talking we're about. Two official offices yeah. involved in geopolitics. We're not talking about the people involved. Two citizens of the country. You know, yeah. It's not you and I having a conversation. No. <clears throat> it's on a completely different field. That's, that's not even apples and oranges, man. This is apples and skyscrapers. Right. Totally different things. And you cannot equate the two. Otherwise, you're not having a real conversation about what's really happening, what's actually substantive, substantive. I, I don't even know the word. You know yeah, what I'm talking about. I got it. <laughs> um, they also, Donald Trump also, President Trump, fuck. President Trump also said that they were going to stop doing the military exercises that they do with South Korea, like along the border, right? Yeah. Which is, they do it in preparation of of a North Korea attack, like were something to happen because the North Korean war is still technically active. It's just like at an armistice. Like they yep. just don't, nobody's shooting at each other like yeah. at this current time. You yeah. Know? There's a, there's an armistice sign, which is kind of a ceasefire, hold your ground, but there's never been an actual resolution to the Korean war. Yeah. And so we've just been holding the line on the DMZ. You know, have you, have you ever watched the, the crazy ceremonies and shit they have for changing the guard and stuff like that. I have not watched those, um, but I wanted to say another thing that I heard on this mm. intercepted podcast, which is why I wanted to. We're going to get uh, through that <laughs> somehow. Yeah. I keep. Yes. No, no, this us. is part of this is part of this. It's another point just that I heard on mm-hmm. intercepted podcast um, is that they were they were saying. So let's start with President Trump first because he one of the reasons said he said he was canceling it is because it would save us money and also that it was. Oh, what was the word that he used? Ooh, I have that, and I was just uh, on my other page. It was a. I'm so sorry, people. I'm trying to. I don't. I just want to use the quote because because he started using the same language that Kim Jong Un and and the Kims have used for so long. It was like, a provocative exercise. Yes, that it was provocative, right? And that's what they've been saying. That's what the North Koreans have been saying for so long. Is that the, is that it's it's it is a. Pro, it's a provocative exercise. We're terrible. We're terrible today. <laughs> that it's provocative, you know? Neither and of us could talk. I think that it's a dangerous sign that he's starting to use the same rhetoric that Kim Jong-un it, does. It can be. You know? And if everything goes well in the end, we're going to look back retroactively on this and say, well, he was just speaking his language. Intercepted also said that in the exercises they practice the beheading of north korean leaders that's strange and i don't know whether or not that's the case right i will have to try and go on intercepted and see if i can find that because and i don't i'm not saying that that's the case this is something that they said on there so i'll try and do a little bit of research and see if that's true because if that is the case i can see how that would be provocative yeah right but that also seems like that would be a weird thing for us to be doing I don't see that no. being a standard operating procedure anywhere in the United States military, period. Right. So that I'll, might have something to do with like a South Korean, you know, military thing, but whoops. I'm not, uh, and uh, I wouldn't be surprising if it was from a, like a South Korean side, but because the, the war's US been going on so either. long. And, you know, yeah. you saw all the crazy pomp and circumstance they had when they, when President, oh, what's his name? Moon? President Moon Jae-in? Moon Jae-in from yeah. uh, South, South Korea, Korea and Kim met. You know, they had that the old school garb and everything. It was it was pretty fun to watch for somebody like me who gets a kick out of that kind of crap. But it yeah. wouldn't be surprising if it was like an old ancestral thing that they had on the books from fucking 
hundreds of years ago or something that's always been there. Right. If it comes yeah, down to it, you got to cut that guy's head off. That would be crazy. <laughs> Game of Thrones style. <laughs> the one to pass the judgment has to do the execution. <laughs> Can you imagine? Uh, that would be raw. President Moon is so kind of tiny and has frail. Can you see him out there? <laughs> I'm That's sorry, really North Korea, if you're listening at. to this, please don't blow up our makeshift studio. Yeah. It's because um, we're making jokes about killing I'm not either. too worried about it. You know. Hey, this is America. You're allowed to do that kind People of stuff. People are listening. It's America. Freedom. What? Oh, that so does do remind any- me. What else do you have about the... It's like, are you kind of wrapped up on the intercept thing? I feel <laughs> yes, like I that's keep all I have. I think if that, that came from the intercept, yeah. I just wanted to... One of the things I was listening to this morning was from... I think this was on the KUOW podcast. Mm-hmm. And they were talking to one of their reporters that has interviewed a lot of the uh, the escapees, the, the refugees or whatever you want to call them from North Korea. Yeah. And uh, during the interview, she was saying that when she lived in North Korea. Like you don't realize that you have no connection to the outside world because you've just never known that that's a possibility. It's just always been that way. That's yeah, just you're the world so you isolated. That's just the micro bubble they live in. And they, yeah. you know, I think some of them, like, you know, you can look over the river at like China in a couple of the places and be able to like see civilization. But for the most part, they just, none of them know that any of that kind of stuff exists. And so to assume that the people, say, wouldn't fight back against you if there was a war or what have you, I mean, they're brainwashed to the fullest extent. Yeah. I mean, the few lucky ones that get out, they learn once they get out that this is, wow, there's a whole world down here. That's fucked up. there's all these people. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine that? Just not even knowing how, no. Yeah. I don't remember the point I was going to try to tie that to, but and it those, was like those are the people that powerful that leave are the ones that can eventually somehow recognize that they're yeah. being brainwashed. You well, know? I mean, people smuggle in thumb drives and stuff, right? With, with videos, just and TV all sorts shows of on stuff. them, just yeah. American TV shows, like not even anything crazy, like game shows and shit like mm-hmm. that that people want to watch, you know, yeah. because they don't. But without slippery stairs from Japan, <laughs> I still haven't seen that. I've heard so oh many good God, things about you have slippery, to watch stairs. slippery stairs. It's so crazy. Uh, if you be haven't for, watched uh, slippery stairs, you have to watch slippery stairs. The other, I don't know if I want to get into it right now, but you texted me something the other day about watching TV and doing a oh my like God. A talking thing. Yeah, we were. I don't remember why we were watching cable, but um, we were watching something and. This, I mean, I don't watch cable that often. You know, I usually watch like Netflix and shit mm-hmm. like that. But um, we were watching, like I said, cable for some reason, and just all of the fucking commercials and stuff that were coming on. I was like, this is so terrible, and I can't remember anything specific. Um, but I got really irritated, and that's why I was like, dog, we have to just sit down and watch cable TV for two hours so we can talk about all these stupid fucking commercials and stuff that we see because this is horrible. Oh my god! Oh my oh god! Oh boy! <laughs> I remember what it was. There is a game show that they're gonna make that I think is called The Proposal, right? And I'm nervous it's already. A one hour game show where one person is behind a screen. And then there's however many people up in the back, and they have to ask the person questions and get to know the person. At the end, they have to propose to them. Like, people are legitimately getting married after having not known each other and knowing, like, asking questions blindly for an hour. I just, I can't. That's it's, just, it's a show. That's a show that they're going to make. That's insanely, insanely stupid. Yeah. 
here, sign up and ruin your life. And yep. for the <sighs> we have to talk about the baker in um, yeah. in pop culture because that's another part of the shit that I watched on oh, yeah? TV. Yeah, Ooh, is how nice. this is the terrible coverage of the baker. Um, so, in closing on the Cree issue, it's historically, like we said, it is it's a huge deal. No yeah. matter how you look at it, right? Whether you see it as a terrible thing that the president met with Kim Jong-un or you just see it as like a big historical event or you think that it's a big step forward or, excuse me, whatever, however you see it, historically fucking momentous, right? Yeah. Monumental. Um, the paper that they signed, the agreement, is not really anything that it's being made out to be and that's something that you should know uh this is another you know we talk about things that president trump says all the time that's not true because i think that it's natural to to want to try and trust the person that is leading your country mm-hmm. right but i also think it's important that you don't get lost in that because that's how you end up in a totalitarian regime you know yeah that's how you end up having a leader where he can go in the streets and shoot james comey and everybody's okay <laughs> with it, you know nice callback so I think that it's important to highlight times when the leadership is lying to you. And I also think it's important for people to know that had this show existed when President Barack Obama was the president, we would have done the same thing with him. Absolutely. This is not any different just because it's Donald Trump in office. It's because at the time in our lives when Colin and I met each other. So I hope that people understand that that's the case and when Donald Trump is not in office for a second term and somebody else is there, and if they're a Democrat, we will shit on that person just as hard as we do on Donald Trump if they suck just as bad. I like to think that we call balls and strikes in the fact that whenever something, say, like President Trump does that I like, I will say that I like that for X reason. When he says something that I don't like, I will call him out on that reason. And... I got into a little Twitter tiff with some some lovely old ladies on uh, Senator Maria Cantwell's thread the other day, and I uh, saw that it was a uh, it was a really <laughs> fun experience because I apparently I came off as uh, kind of a a Trump hater somehow hmm. uh, because all of a sudden I kept I got this deluge of responses about like well <laughs> what I mean would you be saying this about Obama yeah and his pen and his phone. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I don't care who's in the office. It could be Ronald Reagan, you know, George W. Yeah, if you're fucking up, you're fucking up. Yeah, I don't care. I'm going to call it how I see it because I look at the offices, the office of the presidency different than whoever's sitting in the chair in the Oval Office. It, it makes no difference who's in the chair when it comes to how that office should run itself and maintain its image. Present and, itself. Yeah. And absolutely. And just one more thing in closing before we do that on the the history front. Yeah. There's been a lot of talk about, yes, this is historic. It's right. absolutely... Uh, uh, Even for me. Yeah. It's factually historic. It'll be in the history books. I mean, that's just a turn of phrase. It probably won't be. But <laughs> you never know. Um, if but, something I mean, it's comes historic, of it, then it'll be in the history book. But it'll, if nothing comes of it. It'll be in the history book... And the narrative will change based on the outcome. But just because something is a historic event doesn't make it necessarily a good thing right. or a bad thing. Right. 
then yes, we will absolutely recognize that this is 100% a historic moment. Two incredibly controversial world leaders, one from probably the worst country on the planet to, I'm going to say, the greatest country on the planet, meeting up and, and having a discussion. That is yeah. purely historic, absolutely, 100%, regardless of the outcome. But how the narrative will be, will be written will be dictated by how history unfolds from there. Yes. And so whenever you know you hear it on the, the news on TV or whatever you're listening to, it's absolutely historic. But just understand that historic means factually historic. It's absolutely. a big event that happened, good or bad, we don't quite know yet. And I'm going to step off my soapbox. <laughs> <laughs> the last thing that I think that I want to say on it, not uh -huh. to continue it anymore, but um, is that I know when Donald Trump was talking about fire and fury, President Trump was talking about fire and fury. I said, said that I thought, thought that, thought that that was too aggressive. Right. And now I'm saying that I thought that he looked kind of like a pussy. Right. <laughs> and so I don't want to be like a Goldilocks trying to find someone that's like, right. And that's, that's, that's the right person. Right. Goldilocks and the three bears. Yeah, that's yes. it. So I was like, I don't, check. Um, yeah. yeah. So I don't, you know, I'm not trying to Goldilocks the situation, but I say that because I think that it makes you look weak to be so aggressive. And then when you're in person to roll over and be such a bitch about it. You yeah. Know, that's what I think makes you look weak. And I don't, I don't think it would have been appropriate to have been just as aggressive in person, you know, but I think for it to be such a radical switch, I think makes you look weak, especially to somebody who is doing the same thing that you're doing and trying to posture and trying to be powerful, you know? Yeah. And this fucking big analysis over their handshake and who won the fucking oh, handshake God. and I, that's such bullshit. I don't buy into any of that nonsense. That's I think definitely a strong news. handshake says something about you, but who wins it? And he's like, well, I can tell in the first minute, you know, when I look him in his face and grab his arm, you know, whether or not the shit's going to work out. Like, that's, I'll just know. You know? I'm, I'm the greatest I'm, negotiator. I'm the greatest deal maker on the history of the planet. I could tell how this is going to turn out by a handshake. Yeah, that's bullshit. Yeah. That Calling them bullshit. how we see them. That's bullshit. So, mm, that's bullshit. That's right. <laughs> so, that's what we have on North Korea. Absolutely. Um, do you want to do AT&T next or the head tax next? Let's do. Let's do AT&T. Okay. That's a fun one. I got right. lots of businessy type stuff for that. Good, because you're going to have to tell me a little bit about it. Because I know I know a little bit about it, but not a lot. Okay. Um, so AT&T for a while has been trying to buy Time Warner, um, which is a big company, a big media company that owns like HBO and CNN and several Warner other... Brothers. Warner Brothers movie studios. Yeah. Yep. Um, several other large entities like that. Um, and the government, the U.S. government, tried to appeal that, tried to stop it, right? Because uh, for antitrust, which is essentially saying that it would make it too big of a business and it would stop a lot. It would hinder competition in the market, right? Yeah. Um, and it would jack up prices for the customers. Um, I have something else right here. Yeah, the, it would harm the competitors and raise prices. That was the argument against it. Um, and... I mean, in AT&T's argument for it is that they needed to purchase Time Warner to try and stay competitive with Netflix and with Hulu and Amazon people that are making content and producing it and putting it out. You know what I'm saying? Coming up mm -hmm. with it and filming it and producing it, all that. Um, they have to buy a media company like that to be able to try and stay competitive. Yeah. Which and just to add I to that, because you know. um, I watched the... 
I watched a bunch of interviews with the CEO of AT&T yeah. about the merger and the plans and, and stuff like that. And his ultimate goal during this merger is to, down the road, be able to have... I mean, and this is the driving factor behind this. And, and yeah. it all revolves around, you're never going to guess it, ad marketing, ad revenue, so on and so forth. The He recognizes that... You know, say in the, the, the case with Time Warner, um, and it's funny that you just talked about watching those stupid fucking commercials and stuff during yeah. TV shows. He understand he sees the trend, and he sees the fact that these old-school dinosaur cable companies and stuff are not making as much money through the ads that they used to. The commercials aren't paying off anymore right? because people are are in great number shifting to this new form of media and this they'll new pay, marketing they'll style. They'll pay two more dollars at Hulu for no commercials. Yes. Unless I you do. watch Grey's Anatomy because fuck Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> they have some kind of contractual deal. Well, it always that, has commercials in it. Yeah. They, they play commercial, I think, at the beginning and at the very end. That's dumb. Yeah. I hate it. But whatever. I don't watch it. So it's not for me. It's yeah. for the my beautiful wife and she can have whatever yeah. she wants. Oh, so that got approved. I never said that. but So it got yes. appealed by the government, but it got approved in the courts. Um, that AT&T could purchase Time Warner for $85 billion, yeah, uh, which is a fuckload of money. Absolutely. Um, and like I was saying earlier, the whole the reason he's doing that is because he's recognized the ad revenue model isn't yeah. working, and he wants to shift it into a more targeted ads, very similar to Facebook and Google, how they yeah. run that. Well, and he the said, only problem sorry, is he knows, and he's said it on the air, that that technology doesn't exist yet for cable television and stuff like that yeah but apparently he has enough faith that they'll figure out how to do it that it'll ultimately pay off and then he'll be one of the you know the at&t will be another big player in the entertainment world but um and just to clarify the when you say the government is fighting it uh, it was particularly the DOJ, yeah, uh, because Department of Justice looks out for all those type of yeah. antitrust cases and consumer protections and all that good stuff. But yeah, their their argument was kind of weak because it goes off of the assumption that they're going to, you know, take advantage of the customer and all this stuff. A right. lot of this real similar stuff that we talked about with net neutrality. Yeah, and. You know, I still think today, like the jury's still out on the effects of pulling out government protections from net neutrality. You know, the only real bad things I've seen fall out from that have have come from the governmental side. You know, on the state level, which is rather terrifying. But that's a different conversation altogether. But the the biggest aspect I think of why the DOJ lost the case is the fact that, like I mentioned, I think, in the pre-show, the difference between a horizontal merger yes. and a vertical merger. Yeah. So Because this is a vertical merger, merger right? Yes. And this is... A vertical merger is, say, like a an AT&T who specializes in wireless um, connectivity, you know, cell phones and all that TV. stuff, and they also have direct TV through yeah. satellite. Um they don't necessarily have any skin in the game in cable television, which is what Time Warner is and the movies and the HBO, yeah. you know, all that stuff. And so they don't technically classify that as a horizontal merger. Because they're moving into a new industry? Yeah. Okay. Say, um, 
and I think it's still ongoing litigation, but uh, who's the companies? T-Mobile and Sprint, I believe, are oh, trying to yeah. merge. And I don't know if that's still going on, if it's still in litigation. I don't know, it didn't but, we'll, happen, but we'll look yeah. into that. Because also... But that's an example of a ago, horizontal Right, because years ago, AT&T bought Singular. Um, and yeah. so so that is a horizontal merger. If you're going to mm-hmm. buy somebody who's in the same market as you are. Yeah. If okay. you're in the same industry yeah. and you're buying a flat-out competitor, that's a horizontal merger. Okay. And that can get into some pretty dicey territory because you're working towards the you know the more monopolized version of yeah. that industry. And I but in this that. case, it's like I see this <clears throat> as AT&T reading the writing on the wall and wanting to get some skin in the game because right. they know – as it stands right now, they won't be able to last, and they want to become a big player. Same as Amazon buying Whole Foods and shit like that. Yep, and, and I, I could, yeah, I could see that. I'm not, I'm not immediately convinced that that they're gonna start taking advantage of people, right? I just kind of, as I am, as a person who's just kind of like scared with my money, you know, mm-hmm. I am apprehensive generally about really large companies. You know, um, so that is something that concerns me, but not to the point where I'm like, it's I, I'm going to, you know, because I have my I have AT&T as my cell phone provider. Like, I'm sorry so, to hear that. You know, Verizon I mean, it, all the way. It works pretty good for me. <laughs> um, I had T-Mobile before and that's dog shit. So yeah. AT&T is much better than that. Um, and so I'm not like immediately concerned that anything is going to go up for me. I'm I can see now that maybe I'll have more services offered to me, you know, if they can put CNN and HBO and shit directly on my phone and I Which they will. Yeah, and give me a discount for it, you know, and some shit like that, then I'm I'm Down in favor that. of that, you yeah. know. I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. And it'll do the same thing, it'll be just probably cheaper for you to get HBO and stuff on your direct TV, you know, cuz you can mm-hmm. already get that through a through direct TV. Through AT&T if you yeah. have that, you can get a discount on direct TV. And so it'll probably just be even they they offer it to you when you go to sign up for AT and T they'll be like oh well if you switch your cable to Direct TV like you you know we have these channels that you can get in a discount for being an AT and T customer yeah it's like it'll a customer be, loyalty stuff yeah and it'll probably be similar for HBO HBO anything they have that's already like extra subscriber content you know any movies that come out through time or through Warner Brothers probably will be cheaper. You know, if you buy them through DirecTV or maybe we'll be on DirecTV first or some shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It could be. I can see lots of benefits to this that. I wonder if they're going to adopt like a, you know, kind of the standard streaming model. Because I, you know. They have that already. My mom streams DirecTV. She'll use a hotspot on her phone to connect her her Kindle Fire Stick to it. And then we'll watch DirecTV through an app. On her Fire Stick, so mm-hmm. you can already do that, and you just buy channels the same way PlayStation View. Like that's how I watch shit. Is PlayStation View has their own? I don't like, know what that is. Sling I feel TV. ashamed. You know what Sling TV is? Yes. So PlayStation View is like that, but through PlayStation. Oh, that's pretty. And dope. so you get you know a base package of so many channels, and then you buy extra sports packages or news packages or whatever the fuck you want. And that's how I watch it because that's how I can get all the baseball that Jordan's grandma wants and the football that I want and red zone and all that shit. Dude, the sports is a big one. That is a powerful mover. People will hold on to a $120 a month cable plan just to watch sports. Red zone is I pay to have red zone all year round so I can have it when the season comes. And I... I kind of hate myself for not knowing this because I am a very loyal Verizon's customer. But I think Verizon has a deal with like the NFL to be able to get 
there to be able to stream NFL games and Shit's stuff like dope. that just right through your phone. Yeah, it's awesome. That is pretty cool. And I would like to see what the future might hold if they go that route. Yeah. I, I, I honestly think that there is a very good chance that they're going to, you know, mangle this whole thing up and they <laughs> it could really devastate them, which in, you know, in which case prices might go up because they're going to have to pay for their back end. Their fuck on, up. Yeah. And this can still be appealed. They had said originally they were going to wait six days after decision to like start the process, uh, mm-hmm. but they didn't. They just went right the fuck for it. Um, so the... If the Department of Justice was going to appeal the decision, they would have to do it and then also apply. It's not apply, but put in for like a stay, right? Yeah. For them to have to stop their business while the proceedings are going on or else they would be able to continue with their merger or acquisition stuff yeah. until a decision says you have to stop and then they would come out. So and this is something that, there's a lot of work that to, would go into the Department of Justice trying to stop this again. Yeah, and they would need to make sure that they can win this case because yes. they haven't lost a case a merger case like this since 2004. Ooh, I think it was so even this longer. Was the first one? Yeah, Damn. since 2004. And they even have a longer track record going way back before that. Damn. And I think it's due to the complex nature of what the entertainment industry looks like now. So it's all through the internet but, and cell phones and shit. Yeah. Even, that probably muddies the waters. Technology, you know, as it develops, just makes it harder to. But I think you're right. The vertical merger that. That makes, especially for me, understanding that makes a little bit of a little bit of a difference for me, yeah. and just those those benefits that I can see for it, especially being an AT and T customer, somebody who watches HBO and stuff like that, I can see benefits to me that overshadow my apprehension to mm-hmm. those companies just becoming one large company, you know. And they had said, like the head of the company, I think, said that he was going to try and keep them separate business entities. Like it's not going to be AT and T, Time Warner. Like yeah. they're going to both keep doing whatever they're doing by themselves, but they're just owned by the same company now. I would hope Time Warner, Time Warner, kind of tightens tightens up their shit a little bit because they're kind of a crappy company to begin with. I mean, you look at Time Warner owns Comcast, I believe. And Comcast has historically been rated the worst company in America, I think even in the world, for customer service. CNN and I can attest or, uh, to that. Yeah. But I wanted to touch on something, too, that you would, you would mention about the, uh, the stay. Because um, the, the DOJ can ask for a stay um, if they choose to appeal. And the appeal would take probably another... 12 months plus 12 to 16 months probably and they've already <laughs> for a been new in, trial and everything yeah and they've already been in litigation for, for 20 months already yeah it's been a long time yeah wall street been journal's been keeping me up to date on this for a while that's where i got all my info that's on a this really one. good podcast yeah and if, for business shit like this wall street journal balls out I absolutely mean, in the title it's the wall street journal yeah and the judge judge leon Leon, Leon, yeah. Yeah. Leon, I think. Yeah, he's from the uh, he's from the Supreme, no, not Supreme Court, but the Superior Court of the District <laughs> of Columbia, I believe. Might be wrong. Fact check, please. Um, I will on Tuesday. <laughs> perfect. And uh, but yeah, he even said that I hope you would have the wisdom to not do that, and I think it would be manifestly unjust to the companies if you do so. And he told that. To the DOJ representatives during the, during the trial, if they were to appeal it and try and yeah. stay the decision, it's a pretty shitty thing to do. Yeah. And if you do appeal, you better come back with some more evidence it's because you guys dollars. are going to look like shit. A lot yeah. more tax dollars that go into oh, it. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. It's I 
And like I said, for the people out there that are listening that come from a more left background, I can understand being concerned about the big business. But I think that the vertical merger, like you said, that they're not buying, they're not buying Sprint. You know, they're not buying T-Mobile. They're not buying Verizon. They're not isolating that market. You know, they're moving into another area, like they said, to try and stay competitive. I don't know whether or not the argument is correct. They need it to stay competitive, but that doesn't matter, right? Because capitalism whether or not you love it that's not what it's about what you need it's about what you want and if you've got the 85 billion in assets or in whatever to buy this fucking company then do it you know 85 billion dollars yeah that's a lot that's the thing that frustrates me but (laughs) but that's a lot of cheese man yeah how much beer i could live off of dude 85 billion dollars can you imagine what you would do with that I don't, there's a number and I don't remember what it is and I'll have to look that up, but there's a number that like after you have X amount of dollars in your life, it, it doesn't matter after that how much money you have, you know, how much you make, like, because your life can't be any different. Um, and I don't remember what that's called because there's a name for it and there's a specific number, but, um, I don't know. It's, it's, you get $85 billion and you are. Forgive me, I'm a terrible person. You're 23. Yeah. So let's say you live to be a ridiculously old age and you have 85 more years left on this planet. So I get a million dollars a year? Yeah, just because we like big round numbers. Oh, my God. How could you spend a billion dollars a year? You can't. No. That's insane. I don't. You... Unless maybe you're SpaceX. You could start Uh, a new SpaceX and go to Mars and spend that kind of money. I don't know that you could spend $1 billion every single year, but yeah. maybe you could spend like several billion dollars at a time and it would equal out to $1 billion a year. Um, but you would have to, you would have to buy a company, right? You would have to, cause you couldn't start one. You'd have to buy a company. Yeah. Um, and You're not spending a billion dollars like, a year in cars. You would have to just keep pumping money into it and grow it and grow it and grow it. And then, yeah, try and go to space or something because space is a good place to throw your money. You mm-hmm. know, if you, if you've got money to fucking get rid of, throw it in space yeah. because throw it in space <laughs> because what the fuck is going to happen? No one knows. Nobody has any idea, so go to fucking space, you know? Like, I'm not saying do it all the time because I'm sure that all that jet fuel is really bad for (laughs) the environment, but so figure out a cleaner way to go to space and then go to fucking space all the time. I want a rocket run off of Tesla batteries. Yeah. Alone. Start new space programs, right? Like new space camps, new all kinds of shit. Get kids back into wanting to go to space because right now they're not even letting people go to the moon or anything. So... Like, yep. revitalize NASA. Private, no, fuck NASA. Privatize <laughs> your own company, like SpaceX and bo- a competitor. Make it bigger. Start making space camps and fucking astronaut colleges and shit that people are going to go to specifically to go to space. And then they want to come and work at your company. You got to have engineers and shit, people to come and build all the rockets. Dude, that's my that's dream. That's how you spend $85 billion. I just need space. enough money to, to build some, some, for lack of a better term, space stations <laughs> where we can build a bunch of shit and we can start mining asteroids just like they do in the expanse. Yeah. Terraforming, and terraform a planet. Absolutely. I could figure that shit out. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, first, before we move on. Yeah. First thought that comes to your head what's the name of your space company? Ooh. 
You've already failed. It's supposed to be salt yeah, in space. No, that's <laughs> space company. Damn. I don't, yeah, I don't know. know. I want to throw an X in there just because it sounds right now. Thanks, Elon. I will I will tweet about that on Tuesday because I'll need time to, to come up with one. But I will I will commit to you right now that by Tuesday when I listen to this, we'll have our space I'll have company. a name for a space company. Perfect. Because that's not something I can... But that's a good question. That's, that's a, a really good one. question. <laughs> yeah. Because I am not sure. That's funny. Because it would... My space company would be like, I don't know. It would be like some alien shit. You know, I would also have like soldiers and stuff that work for me, ex-Marines and whatnot that like were there to protect people. You know, if we're going to be going to planets, there's going to be crazy stuff that goes on. So Aliens, bro. Yeah. So I'm also going to be like investing in weapons and stuff. And there's going to be all kinds of shit that that 85, that 85 billion goes to. <laughs> that would be so much fun. Man, if I would build a space program. I feel like I'd need like 85 trillion, not 85 billion. Yeah. As ridiculous as that sounds. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's, I think the, that's basically kind of the in and out of the... On the at t time one or two, I yeah. think that you're correct. Uh, the other thing to maybe mention with that, I just got it written down here, is the, the fact that uh, one of the surprising things about this merger was the fact that, again, due to the fact that it was a vertical merger... And there's really no legal right for the government to step into it. There are zero conditions and zero special. Yeah, I don't know what you call special agreements and stuff made for the merger. They just no nope, green light. Go ahead, do what you're doing. Yeah. And so, much like many other big news topics in today's world, we're just gonna have to, to wait next. and see. Yeah. Hope for the best, and Word. hopefully we get some dope ass shit coming out the backside. So you want to move on to the head tax? Head tax, okay. repeal. So I have to go. I have to. I got to hit the head. So Word. do you want to give a background on the head tax? Because uh, we talked about it for a long time in that episode, probably about an hour. Um, yeah. Do you want to give just a little bit of we'll background on it? Just do a quick little then, background yeah, check. I'll come on back it. and we'll talk about it. So the head tax repeal. This is a Seattle local issue, but it applies to so many different things around the nation because of the nature of how cities tend to spend their money. And we get a little dog noise. I like it. But what this really comes down to, <clears throat> it was back last week, and we may have mentioned it last week. If, if we were remiss on that fact, I apologize. But the Seattle City Council had voted unanimously 9-0 to, um, to institute what they called a, you know, some call it a so-called head tax. What it really was was an employee tax that taxes big companies that make over 50 million dollars if i'm remembering that correctly annually they were charged i think 275 dollars an employee every year and this money was supposed to be funding a the fight against homelessness in seattle which is an insanely huge problem well surprise surprise there's been a lot of public outcry and public backlash for for something like this because Seattle is one of the most heavily taxed cities, I think in America. And it's, it's definitely the heavy, the most heavily taxed in the state. But, um, what was his name? I got it written down. John Scholes. Uh, he is the president and CEO of the Seattle downtown business association, who was one of the leading op opponents of the head tax. Uh, they went around after, 
he was fighting it, fighting it, fighting it. And then after it got passed unanimously, he took to the streets. Him and his cronies apparently collected over 45,000 signatures to force a basically a public forum to discuss it and put the city council on notice that, you know, whatever the decision was made during there, they can force a vote for the city council. And then they did. And so they got the signatures um, the, on the KUOW podcast, which I highly recommend everybody check out. They actually have the full clip of the entire hearing, and it is, what's the word, animated, we'll say. It is a very lively discussion. And uh, at the end of that discussion, they forced a vote, and the Seattle City Council <laughs> voted to repeal the tax 7-2. to two. So not quite unanimous, but still unanimous vote uh, from the city council to repeal the measure that they had just passed. And now there's a lot of strings attached to that. It's not necessarily, I don't think anyway, the repeal isn't necessarily based off of any public outcry necessarily. It, uh, I think because elections are coming up and they realized how pissed off everybody was all their constituents were not very happy for one reason or another and so the same council that voted to pass it nine to zero voted to repeal it seven to two yes and I'm back yeah and he's back his bladder is a little less constrained yeah i feel good i need a new beer <laughs> and need another beer um but anyways uh yeah i can uh, no i'm good i'm gonna stick with one i got a long night tonight <laughs> um but anyways The repeal of that head tax kind of ushers in this new debate. It brings back up the debate of homelessness again because now that one of their funding mechanisms they were looking to get is no longer going to be an option. Uh, The best way to move forward is, is has become kind of shrouded in mystery and what are they going to do? And, um, but I think this had come up for more than one reason for us, other than the fact that they repealed it for a number of reasons, most of which we'll probably never know. I mentioned um, the fact that their city council elections are coming up again, and there's the the fact that there's so much public pressure on this. They got the yes. 45,000 signatures. Right, yeah. Which, when I you think of the Seattle city limits, that's a lot of fucking people still. Well, and I don't know what the population of Seattle. I mean, it's got to be a couple million people. Yeah. Um, do you want to look up the population of Seattle? Yeah. Um, but there has been a lot of, been a couple of different ways to look at that, right? Like why it happened. Um, one of them is some people are trying to say that it's, that they're, you know, bowing to the big companies. They're bowing down to Amazon and all this stuff. And I don't really think that that's the case. I mean, while, while the big companies, I think Amazon and Starbucks put up the money for them to get the initiative on the ballot, right? Mm-hmm. There's still, like you said, was 45,000 people that, that signed that. Yeah. You know? And so, I mean, you remember when it first got passed and they were first leading up to it, there was a whole lot of, uh, you know, the, hipster techies out on the street saying no head tax no tax on jobs blah 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 right and that's how it's being put as that's how it's being like marketed as as a a tax on jobs you know yeah which is incredibly disingenuous yeah i mean it technically not the whole truth yeah it's like a technical fact that yeah that is part of it yeah but no this is a this is the city of seattle trying to find another revenue stream to you know, pull in another 
you know, X amount. Of, I forgot how much money they said they'd pull in in a year. It was like $47 million. Oh. But still, that's a drop in the bucket compared to what they really need. Uh, yeah, because they wanted 75 to begin with, and then the one that got passed was 47. Um, and so I'm not... I mean, I'm not totally against it. You know, I'm not happy that... What is it? What's okay. the population? This is from 2016, mind you. So it's a little dated. Yeah. But 2016, the Seattle city population was 704,352. Damn. It's probably more than that, significantly, considering the growth just in the last two years. But yeah. still, that is a that's a pretty good percentage to sign a petition. Yes. 45,000. And I think they only need like 10,000 to, to force the public forum. Yeah. But even, um, uh, yeah, I think it maybe it was 20,000. Yeah. Um, but either way, it, you know, it was, it was not that many, um, or it was a lot, and, but they still got way more than that. Yeah. Um, and when we talked about it initially, you know, I, I wasn't wholly in favor of the tax, right? Just like the idea behind it, just where the money was going, you know? Yeah. So I'm not, wholly against it being repealed you know i just now like you said i'm concerned as to where the money is gonna fucking come from like it's i don't know you know because i still haven't seen any proof that um that there's wasting of money going on you know especially because there's new programs being set up in the city to make sure that the money going to homeless programs is being spent effectively and going to people who are like getting results you know that's what I just don't. And the arguments like that one guy from the downtown city council, though, we just need to get people off the streets. We need to get people off the streets. Like, yeah. I want to close a, these camps. This these isn't a short term problem. You know, no. it's the people need somewhere to go when they get into the shelters. You can't just live in a shelter forever. Mm-mm. I don't. And a lot of times, the way the city is now, you can't even get into a shelter. Right. You know, they're they're all overpopulated. And, you know, you force these homeless campsites to pop up and there's these little shanty towns that start to grow up right it's very reminiscent of like the early stage uh, when they what was it what time period i'm trying to think of in in manhattan when basically like i could i might be even thinking of the wrong city but yeah in like new york in there you know in the long long ago you know you had a whole shanty town during the depression and stuff where just all the poor people lived and it was on, I think, technically public land, but they had to do something, and people just built little pop-up houses, and they all just lived, and they had this little town, and it's crazy. But people don't, you don't want that. And I think I'm going to hearken back to to the issue that very few people keep hitting on, and it's the fact that the city needs to fucking grow. Yeah. It, need, it needs to spread out. All this single-family fa- zoning needs to be expanded to multifamily residences and so yeah. on and so forth. Because if you don't have any room to build houses, people can't live can't there. go anywhere. And the population is not going to go anywhere but up. Right. And so that kind of falls into more of a King County problem as well as a Seattle problem. But it's, you know, you hear a lot of talk. I've been listening to a lot of the local debates on it. People saying that, you know, it's a it's a regional issue, which when they say that they're talking about kind of a, a King County, Pierce County, you know, all the, the county governments Seattle's need to problem. step up and, and change the zoning laws. And because otherwise the the places that are going to be built now, you know, because there is still building going on as little yeah. as there is, there still is. 
And the reason it's so expensive when they build these places because it costs them so much to do it. It takes them so long, so much red tape to get through. And just like any other form of economics, the cost gets passed down to the consumer. Yeah. In this case, the potential homeowner. Um, property taxes start skyrocketing, all this stuff. Yes, your value of your current home goes through the roof, and that's great for you. But if your neighbor's house, you know, if you live in like a, a small one-story ranch house or something like that on a quarter acre, not that that even exists in Seattle, but like a tenth of an acre, a little cookie cutter house or something like that, that's worth seventy-five thousand or seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, your neighbor's house is going to cost roughly the same amount, so on and so forth. So you're not really any better off well, unless you move out of town and buy a cheaper place. And it's sweet if your house, like if your home is worth a lot, but if you can't afford it, you know, then yeah. like it doesn't. I mean, you can do get you priced good, out of you know? your own home. Right. That's the process of uh, gentrification. That's how that works. And that's happened a lot in Seattle. And that's how, yeah. you know, or like a fair amount of those people. It happens homeless. to cities every single day. Yeah. I mean, you look at the transformation of Brooklyn in New York over the last 20, 30 years. I mean, it's hipster central now. Yeah. I mean, there's still little pockets of different communities here and there. And but that's that's why the bigger companies, especially the tech companies, start to start to take the blame for that. You know, yeah. is because it's when those bigger companies start to come in that um, you can see, not that it wasn't happening before, but it accelerates the growth of the city to a point that you can really draw a connection, you know, between people, like you said, getting priced out of their homes and yep. just really ba- barely being able to afford it, you know, yeah. to those big companies coming in. But on the other side, if you didn't have a, and in Seattle's case, if you didn't have an Amazon I mean, you wouldn't have that workforce there. You wouldn't have that yeah. tax revenue coming in. You wouldn't have any of that. So are you better off without it? I think not. But yeah. you need to kind of change the way you operate your city. Otherwise, you're, it's going to implode on itself. Absolutely. I love, uh, I was listening to that KUOW interview from Friday. Uh, had like a former mayor on and a former attorney general of Seattle and stuff like that. And there's a lady named uh, Joni Balter. That was on. She hosts this show on a uh, Seattle channel, which is a, a local broadcast channel um, called Civil Cocktail. Ooh. And I loved her line. Cocktail. She said, "You know, the what it comes down to is it looks like the socialist happy hour is coming to an end for Seattle." Ooh. Because I mean, if you look at the city council, I mean, there's members of the city council that are part of socialist parties yeah you know there's a lot of socialist parties in seattle which i think speaks to the way seattle is run and eventually just like most badly run socialist nations and states they eventually run out of money and can't afford to fund everything and then it kind of all falls apart i think like almost half the budget of seattle goes to public transportation and Mm -hmm. like the roads and like shit like that like that's where most of the money goes you know and um that's another reason that not that I don't agree with you, um, but that's another reason that it's definitely that those larger reason. companies get you know start to take blame is because mm-hmm. people have to start you know people drive on the roads more and they need you know more trams on the road and all the whatever and yeah. fucking yeah without a good inner city transportation system which Seattle does not have yeah I mean you're gonna have more cars on the road more congestion more excuse me more uh, more wear and tear on your road system and. It's never good. Yeah. And I, th- I think what I really think is happening is happening more than just in Seattle. 
And it's, it's the fact that a lot of these major cities around America are getting to this kind of turning over point where they've kind of become too big to run the way they've always historically run. Yeah. The, you know, the transportation systems are nowhere. I mean, they're a hundred years out of date, basically. If you just look at population size, uh, you know, it's, you know, as well as I do probably that traffic over on the east side is disgusting. It's terrible. It could, yeah, it's insane. And it's because there's just the current highway system we have. I think any highway system you have in America is not built for that volume of people to be on. Yeah. And without a good, reliable public transportation system, you can't, you don't have any other way to get to and from work. So everybody's got to drive there and then everybody's got to deal with the shit. Where's Thanos when you need him? Oh. <laughs> Half the people, pink, gone. That would be interesting. But it's a real, it's, it's growing pains to me is what it is. It's, the homelessness problem is a side effect of a city growing too fast and not being managed the way it should be for that kind of growth. I think that's the most general way you could put it because otherwise you start to devolve into this factor or that factor or this factor because there are so many factors that play into it. But I think it's too big, too many people, and the city isn't wide enough. We'll yeah. say. And without a change, any kind of funding mechanisms you have for the homelessness problem are just going to be a Band-Aid that may or may not work in the short term, and they definitely won't work in the long term. Yeah, if they don't have the continued funding that they need. Yeah, and I don't think you're going to find it. You know, A lot of people on that, uh, on that debate were talking about how much money they put towards, like, the Mariners and Safeco Field, um, the, oh, what's the name of that? transportation system the something seattle i can't remember move seattle uh monorail you know you got that fucking giant ass tunnel that is just a waste of space it's been sucking down money like nobody's business well i would kind of hope that <clears throat> that this scenario would like we talked about before kind of light a fire under the ass of the companies and maybe they'll start putting money back into the city you mm -hmm. know, and back into programs like that. That I would mean, be not nice. That, we talked about this before, too. Not that I don't think there should be... If if the money is not being spent the way that it should be, then something needs to be done about it. But I don't. I have not seen anybody show me that that's the case. Just say that they think that that's the case, you yeah. know? So... Yeah, I don't know if there's any I good don't. examples of companies really putting their best foot forward with that. I mean, you could look at Microsoft, maybe... But that's more on like a national global scale is all their charity work. It's, I, I mean, I'm sure they do a lot of local stuff too, but nothing that drastic. Yeah. You know, the millions and millions of dollars they spend on charity work throughout the world, if that was concentrated solely in Seattle, may not have a problem. Yeah. And then if you had Amazon jumping onto that bandwagon too, but it's, I mean, you can't force, what's the word I'm looking for? Charity. Uh, philanthropy. You can't force philanthropy on private citizens or private businesses. That's why. Unless you tax the shit out of them. Exactly. And that's why I'm saying I would hope, you know, that to avoid another something like this because there's other shit that they've tried. You know, I mean, income taxes and fucking capital gains taxes. And, you know, they tried a, a, a not a, maybe a property tax or some shit like that. They tried something else. Like they've got, they've tried other shit that's been voted down, you know, that 
this was like one thing that they could actually get through to try and get money in, you know? Yeah. And they ended up having to, having to repeal it, you know? Yeah. And Which was pretty dramatically quick. Yeah. And it wasn't a close one. You know, I was saying before that when they they passed the the tax nine to nine to zero. Nine to zero. And then within a couple of weeks they repealed it seven to two. Yeah. And I think one People of the people are scared, dude. Yeah. Scared to lose their jobs. Well, it's a real thing to worry about. That's another reason it makes it so hard to me. People that are homeless don't necessarily don't have jobs either. No, I a mean lot the of them the still do. Are scared to lose their jobs. Yes, that's what I mean. Oh yeah, I think that's probably one of the biggest factors to the repeal more yeah. than anything else. Because they had already got what they wanted, they're just getting a lot of public backlash now. Yeah, but I will say that that guy from the Downtown Business Association. Fuck that guy. What was his name? His name was. I think I said it earlier. Uh, so was no, that's face. Johnny Bolter's John, John Skulls. Yeah. Scholes? Scholes? Yeah. Yeah. That dude, he needs to stop talking. Doesn't have an understanding of because, what's going on. Yeah, his... No, I don't even live yeah. in Seattle, and I have a better understanding of how to fix that than he does. Exactly. I think he's kind of let his true color show in the last couple of weeks, because the only points he hit on is that he wants to get rid of the homeless camps. He wants people off the street because it's bad for people business right it's like bro that's not what we're talking about here and i i understand wanting to get the people off the streets right but like we said there's nowhere for them to go and until there is low-income housing for people to be able to transition into they're not gonna be able to get out of the shelters and they're not gonna be able to get people off the streets until no. they see that there's a system that works no, there's no incentive for them to try and get into the system if they don't feel like they're gonna get anywhere you know what i'm saying yeah you know, I mean, you're a big fancy president and CEO of the Seattle Downtown Business Association. Maybe if you wanted to get people off the street, you can set up some kind of a system where you have a company-supported housing and you can hire some of these people and yeah. now they work for you. Except I don't know what kind of work the president and CEO of the Seattle Downtown Business Association really does. Right. It feels kind of like a self-important title <laughs> of, you know, some fucking charity i don't know you know you know what i mean some what is it a 509 no whatever the tax exempt businesses are but it's just that does not sound like a legit business bro you're just running an association of other ceos i don't yeah. see why you're a good spokesman for this fuck you john trolls yeah i'm not a big fan but uh lorena gonzalez one of the members who actually wrote that yes also voted for its appeal which I thought was interesting. For its repeal, yeah. I wonder, I'm wondering if she's up for re-election. I think that most of them are. Yeah, I've heard that a lot. Is. Yeah, most if not all of them are up for uh, re-election next yeah. year. So, not bad, not bad. I mean, we'll and see. that's. I mean, we could probably talk around the homelessness, homelessness thing for hours and hours and hours. But that was the latest update. The head tax got repealed for X Y Z reason. Yeah. But now a lot of people are going, okay, well, what do we do next? Yeah. What's the next step? Well, I, I don't know. Maybe take the public pressure you've been pushing on the government and push it on the private companies to help out. Jeff Bezos. Get, yeah. I heard on the way here on that Intercepted episode that I was listening to, Jeff Bezos, Warren Buffett, Bill Gates have more money than the bottom 50% of the people in the United States. That does like, not surprise me in the least. <clears throat> it hurts. Fuck you. When I think about it. 
but it doesn't surprise me. Yep. Fuck you. Uh, so if you don't want the problem, you could probably help make the problem go away. Yeah. It'll just cost you, which would probably make you more money in the long run, but not in the short term. I just don't get it. You know, because it's not like it's not like Jeff Bezos can spend all that money that he has. No, he's know? he's worth that in assets. Yeah, you know, I mean. Oh, man, what was the number? How much money he makes, like, per minute? It's absurd. Disgusting. Literally, I couldn't think about how to spend that kind of money per minute. Yeah. You could buy a mansion every single day and still not meet that amount. Absurd. Uh, Absurd. (laughs) (laughs) So I think Uh, that's all that we really have for the head tax. Yeah, Um, that's the the main Yeah, I don't know if you said it, but that was on the 12th. They they voted to to repeal it. Yeah. Excuse me. Um, so that's all that we have on the head tax. Do you have something that you want to hit next? You know, I got to open up my phone for the rest of my topics. Uh, well, we could talk uh, briefly about implications of a trade war going on in the United States, which is seeming to begin to blossom. Yes. Into so some terribleness. On the Fox and Friends interview, Donald Trump announced $50, $50 million worth of tariffs on to China. Is that what it is? Oh, 50 million, 50 billion. 50, here, I got the article. You got that? I uh, saw that this morning. Yeah, I have something up here. And I wonder. Um, but Sorry about this, folks. Just a quick aside while you're you looking that up. Correct number uh, here. Apparently, the U.S. government is stepping back, especially, you know, the Trump administration is stepping back from looking to legitimize that uh, tech company in China, ZTE which they were trying to do for the last couple of weeks, and they stepped yes. back. I think hopefully because they decided to actually listen to the intelligence community and say, okay, no, that's a bad idea. We, we don't want that kind of stuff yeah. in our country. Yeah, so the White House um, put $50 billion worth of tariffs on Chinese goods, and then almost immediately, the Chinese put $50 billion worth of tariffs on American goods, including beef, poultry, tobacco, and cars. Mm. And then China, or, uh, after the G7 summit this year, which is the collection of all the, the top seven which industrial President nations. Which President Trump thinks should be the G8. Yeah, because he wants uh, old Vlad to come join the, the grand old party again. Which is, I mean... <laughs> When you look at, uh, hey, let's treat Kim Jong-un like this. And, of course, he's going to, like, he puts everybody on an even playing field, apparently. Yeah. He just thinks of them. They're all just a bunch of nice guys. Right. They're all smart. They're good deal makers. (laughs) It's going to be huge. It's going to be huge. So what were you saying about the G7? Sorry. Uh, Homeboy. $50 billion G7. Prime Minister Trudeau? Or is it? Yeah, prime yeah, of prime, Canada, yeah. Trudeau. Yeah, yeah. I was, all of a sudden, I was like, "Wait, they don't have a president?" Do they? No, no, because because President Trump was talking about how unfairly yeah Canada treats the, the United the US. States. Yeah, with and I think because if you listen to Ben Shapiro talk about tariffs and trade wars and stuff like that, I, I think I don't think Donald Trump has President Donald Trump. Sorry, I don't think he has a good understanding of what a trade deficit really is. No, and. And the true definition of it, and the the people that think a trade deficit is a bad thing, don't understand that they don't. I don't think they understand how that works at all. So, if I remember this correctly, a trade deficit, uh, to put it in an everyday 
normal person's view is let's say you go down to the grocery store because you need to get groceries. And so you give them your money and they give you a product or a service. Well, you now have a trade deficit with your grocery store yeah. because they didn't give you money back. Yeah. And they're so not buying just, something directly from you that equals it out. It's just that you purchase more things from someone than you sell to them. Yes. Um, which, which means that you're not making money from that country. But I mean, if, as long as you're still making money, that doesn't matter. I mean, yeah. the trade deficit with a certain country wouldn't matter, you know? Yeah. If you have deficits with every single country, I mean, that might be a problem, but I don't, having one with one country, I don't, it's, I, that's not. And depending on if the populace is okay with you spending that amount, that amount of money, I don't see why, I mean, you, yeah, I could see a, a problem if you have a, a permanent trade deficit with all your trading partners because right. then you just don't have any money. Right. <laughs> that's then, what I'm saying. You're just yeah. losing money all the time. Yeah. But when you try to tackle a, a a trade difference like that by imposing a tariff, which is nothing more, it's just a fancy word for like an international tax. Yeah. It's just a tax on whatever product that whatever company or whatever country is, is buying from the United States and vice versa. And so if you turn around, and I think it was uh, in Canada, aluminum is a big one. Aluminum, timber, we get a, like most of the lumber that you go to Home Depot and buy, that it's all from comes Canada. from Canada. Yeah, most we, of that stuff. Washington is one of the most trade-dependent states, is the most trade-dependent state in the United States, correct? I wouldn't be surprised. I believe that it is because I have heard that excuse me a lot of people a lot of representatives congressmen here are concerned about that um dave reichert specifically who is from the eighth district i believe it's a republican who also worked on the green river killer case he used to be the sheriff um nice. anyway um deep dive so he's he's gonna retire this this next uh term okay um but he he's you know there are several congressmen that here that are concerned um about the tariffs with other countries about like the the trade wars that are being started with people especially um allies of the u.s you know yeah as well they should be i mean they are congress they have the, uh, the thing that really pisses me off about this whole situation it's due to the fact that over the last couple decades, three, four, maybe, I don't, I'm not really sure when it really started. I hear that it started somewhere around the Reagan era. But the power that we have given to the executive branch to make changes in how the country works on a everyday basis, you know, the, the president of the United States can make a decision through executive order that affects your life personally right now and tariffs are a perfect example of that all he has to do is classify it as a matter of national security and he can do whatever he likes due to the way the congress has given the executive power to do that and so i don't think you can necessarily fix any of that stuff until you pull the power away from the executive which is a huge point that i I like to harp on whenever I see like our senators and stuff like that getting on Twitter and saying, Oh, the Trump administration did this, blah, 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 blah. I was like, well, that's your fucking house. Well, and fix your fucking house, get it in order, pass the laws that you want to get passed 
and pull the damn power away from the executive branch so you don't have to worry about it anymore. And didn't the Senate just choose to not vote on a bill that would pull or like that would give make force them to approve of any tariffs or anything that were going to be put on? I believe that that was something that was put up and they I chose feel like not I've to heard vote that. on that. Yeah. And that's a problem. I agree that that should not be something that can be unilaterally decided uh, yeah. by one branch. You know, I don't. Yeah. Things it's, like this can happen. You can have someone in there who says, oh, well, you know, trade wars are good and they're easy to win. And like, they're, you know, they're beneficial for countries. And I, that's, it's dangerous. That's a dangerous. Because the only person that loses in a trade war is the consumer. Yeah. Because all those price increases, all those taxes get passed down to us. Especially trade wars with, with your, your, with your allies. allies. Yeah, with people like like you said, like Canada and Mexico, like people that Yeah. You know, that help us with sh- aluminum shit that we need to work with every day, you know. This beer can it's- Canadian aluminum? Probably. Maybe. Probably. And now this Canadian like, aluminum. This can of beer. Its price could increase <laughs> per can. I don't know how much bit. money, but you know, Put essentially fifty percent of whatever the aluminum used to cost. It would, whoops. It could get some on your shirt. Yep. A little bit. It happens. Got too excited. But this is why I hate fucking trade wars and tariffs. Because it just doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. Because yeah. the only people that lose are people like me and you that have to live in this, this country and we have to we have to consume material to get to work. We have to consume material to live our lives. Even if you're a minimalist at some point whatever you buy is going to go up because everything's made with base ingredients and so if you're going to pass tariffs on all these you know base building ingredients then ingredients that's base building materials everything's going to go up and then we have to pay more for it and we're going to get less for our dollar we're getting a bad deal out of it because of an increased tariff and i don't see how that's going to be okay you know, every single country that you impose a tariff on is going to impose a tariff on something that you're they're putting out. Well, and that's what exactly it's what reciprocal. they were doing. Yeah. Uh, Germany talked about that. Uh, China talked about that, that they are taxing, they're putting tariffs on things like Harley Davidson's and Kentucky Bourbon and shit like that, that to go after Mitch McConnell and to go after Paul Ryan and like to just try and cut at them, you know? So. Because they're going to feel it. Exactly. Not really, but. Got, just only yeah. the people in their states, you know, and it's shit like that that the Although, leaders of those nations will take political digs at them that don't affect them. They affect yeah. the people, their constituents in that state. Which would then force their constituents to speak up and out and possibly oust them or get them to to actually put pressure on the executive enough to pull back the tariffs. But this whole idea, and I even emailed uh, our congressman about it to just try to get some background on, like, how... How is this this label of a matter of national security? How is that applied? Is there a basis for it? Because they burned down the White House once, Colin. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you know? Yeah, the Canadians totally burned down Canada, the White House. Canada, that wasn't established until like 1867. <laughs> burned it down in War 1812. <laughs> was that the one? Was that's, that actually what? That's what he said. Yeah. Uh, he said, yeah, that they burned it down once. And that's the only thing that they could be talking about is... When it was burned down, it was in the War of 1812, you know, and that wasn't by Canadians because Canada didn't exist yet. That was <laughs> that was by the British. So, uh, uh, I mean, I'm British or French? Certain. 
Uh, French, maybe. French, 1812, yeah. I think, was French. Yeah. So there you go. We're better than that. We got that. <laughs> that quick. Don't even need to wait till Tuesday. Boom. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, I've been pounding way too much water. Yeah. So, um, so tariffs, no go. Not no a fan. Bueno. think it's a bad idea. And that was all I got to say about tariffs. The trade wars, again, much like I said before, we're just going to have to watch and see who else comes on board. And I mean, if everybody starts, if every single nation that we pass tariffs on passes reciprocal tariffs and we essentially get embroiled in a quote-unquote world trade war, the only people who are going to lose is us. Yeah. And so I don't know. All I can say is call your congressman. Put pressure on them to get the Congress in order and actually get some real shit done. Try to figure out how to pull. Do you want like a book, bro? Nah. <laughs> nah. Nah. I'm going to figure this out. <laughs> like, I've got to, to figure up, this out. I got trying to this. set up a phone so we could take a video. Yep. Absolutely hilarious. I'm flipping because I got this this kickstand here. Oh, yeah. But it doesn't kickstand for shit at the right angle. Oh, it's only yeah. like, you know what I'm saying? So I put the kickstand on something. And then that's right. I'm going to figure this out. Do you have another topic? So um, yeah, yeah, I got relieve my here. girlish bladder. So I will, I'm going to talk about the fucking baker. So I'm going to give some yeah. backstory on the baker and then we'll come back and we'll talk about this. So last week we talked about some Supreme Court cases that had been ruled on. And one of them was on a baker in Colorado that did not make a cake for a gay couple, right? So we talked about that last week and we talked about how the ruling was we thought was the correct ruling, right? Was correct because it ruled in favor of the baker, but was not correct because of the reasoning, right? The reason they ruled in favor of the baker was not because of free speech or because of freedom of religion, because the reason that he said he did not make the cake was because religiously he did not believe in gay marriage. He didn't think that it was right. So he didn't want to use his art to express an opinion that he did not actually have, right? So... That opinion got put up to the Colorado Civil Rights Commission that was found to have treated him unfairly based on his religion. And that's the reason that the court ruled in his favor, right? So we don't like that. And I don't want to speak for Colin, but I kind of do because we talked about it last week. But I didn't like that because it didn't have, it didn't set a precedent for any other case. It only decided things based, it only decided this particular case, which is a waste of the Supreme Court's time. That's not what the Supreme Court is supposed to be used for. It's supposed to set precedents so that it can be used in the lower courts to be passed on for laws throughout the land. You know what I'm saying? Throughout so the land. The problem and the thing that I want to talk about with the case, right, with the Bakers, because all I've given is just a recap of the case. Word. Um, <clears throat> so the thing that I wanted to talk about that I think is not being covered but was brought up in the Joe Rogan with Dave Rubin on it, right, was that those dudes, that gay couple – looked for somewhere that would cause a problem. Yeah, that was them. a... Like, that was, that was a contrived situation for them to go and find someone that would give them a problem asking for a gay wedding. They were looking for right? a controversy. Looking for a plot. Looking for a problem, okay? And then, when I was watching fucking Cable the other night, right? There is uh-huh. a show, I don't know if you've ever seen it, it's called What Would You Do? Never heard right? of it. <laughs> so it's a hidden camera show where people set up a fucked up situation where um, this is probably, you know, a radical example, but a white person is being racist. They're, you know, they're like sitting in a restaurant and you can clearly hear 
a white person, you know, throwing around racial slurs or whatever when there's some black people in four booths behind them. Mm. And are you going to sit there and just listen to them do that? Or are you going to stand up and say something, you know, and whatever? So I hate that shit, by the way. So they've set up a situation, right? And this, I saw a commercial, a promo for it, where you're in a fucking bakery and there is a dude, right? Because, and they even showed the baker from Colorado in the beginning of the commercial. And they're like, this happened. This guy refused to make a cake for a gay couple. Like, maybe you agree with the decision, but what would you do? And then they show, and it's a guy who who's an actor talking to two other people who are actors, two women, like who's a lesbian couple, pretending to be a lesbian couple. Um, and he doesn't just say, no, I don't believe in gay marriage, so I don't want to make a wedding cake, but I'll sell you everything else in the store, which is what the guy in Colorado said, mm-hmm. right? He says... And this is like a quote from the commercial, almost an exact quote. It says, um, actually, I find that appalling, and I need you to just take that out of here. Right? <laughs> that's part of what this guy says in the fucking commercial, and that's the way they're <sighs> billing this scenario that happened with this baker in Colorado. And that didn't fucking happen. No, not even close. And I think that is bullshit. 1,000%. Yeah, I think that, that, is, that it's even being spun that way is disgusting. I think that it's not being talked about. I think the fact that it's not being talked about that those guys went and found somebody who would give them a problem is gross. The that fact she that that reported. isn't even mentioned is, I mean, it's, I don't know how to work. What angle do you approach that from? Because it is so, I'm going to use a Hillary line, that is so deplorable. It's deplorable. I mean, these are some runaway SJWs that are looking to ruin somebody's life, is what happened. Yeah. And as disgusting a view as you may think it is or not, I don't really care because I'm a libertarian at heart and I believe people should do whatever this the fuck is they want. And it doesn't matter. Yeah. And th- I don't know. I don't know how you can't, t- I mean, I guess because you can't prove motive maybe, but you can't turn around and counter sue him for ruining your fucking <laughs> life like that. Yeah. That dude's life is never going to be the same again. No. He's always going to be the guy, the, the homophobic baker. Because the dude is a a devout Christian, apparently, that doesn't believe in gay marriage. Right. Big fucking deal. What's the problem with that? I don't care that you're gay. I just don't support that lifestyle. Right, as long as... I don't he- care that you're a Christian. I just don't support that lifestyle. I don't care. As long as the man is not attacking you for being a homosexual or, or openly discriminating against you, get the fuck out of my store because you're a faggot. Right, unless that's what he's saying to you, then it doesn't fucking matter. Exactly, because he's not. He said, "I will literally sell you anything else in my store. You can sit here and you can enjoy some cookies. You can hang out here. You can do whatever you want. I just don't want to make a custom wedding cake for a gay wedding." Yeah, you know and, what I'm saying. And I get yeah. that, like you said, maybe you don't agree with that. But if that's the case, blow his ass up on Yelp, blow him up on Instagram, yeah. blow him up on Twitter, on Facebook, on all the on all the social media that he has. Let everybody that you know, if this is what you want to do, you know, if it's this big of a problem for you, try and take his shit down on social media. Mm-hmm. That's the whole fucking point. You know, I. that's what that's for. Yeah. Like, that is what that is for, you know? If enough people agree with you and think that he's a shitty guy because he doesn't want to make a custom wedding cake for you, then he'll lose business and his business will go under. And yep. he may or may not know that it is directly or indirectly because of... You know, him not making a wedding cake for gay couples. Yeah. I I think to kind of jump on top of that point, just to kind of pile onto it, you think about this is one of the first cases, I think, where you have a legitimate SJW 
calling somebody a Nazi or a bigot or a homophobe, you know, that is 100% not. He yeah. just, you know, for religious reasons, he doesn't believe in that, period. He's not going to take his extra time and his personal effort to build something that he thinks is a sin or immoral or what have you. Right. Which is perfectly legal and perfectly fine to do, although I think in some states they have laws that prevent you from doing stuff like that. Um, but to try to escalate that to a legal level on something that really has no factual basis other than exercising religious freedom, which after reading through the court opinions from the Supreme Court judges, that's, and I think you had already touched on that, that's what more or less they ended up ruling on is the fact that he's able to practice his religion freely, period, because it's not about not serving gay people. This is somebody that is being persecuted for their religious beliefs. Right. It is not the opposite way around. This is not somebody persecuting a gay couple and being bigoted. This is somebody that is exercising freedom of religion. And like you said, if he was a dick and just, hey, you faggots, get the fuck out of here. I don't like gay people. Yeah. That's a totally different thing. But he's, no, you guys come in here, blah, blah, blah. You can sit down. You can, have, you can buy whatever else you want in the store. I'm just yep. not going to take the time to, to build a cake for a gay wedding that I don't believe is right. Yeah. Big fucking deal. But they were able to take that and bring it all the way up to the Supreme Court. Dangerous. You know, that's that's a super that's dangerous in itself is a dangerous precedent set. Yeah, I don't I don't like it. And it's terrifying because I'm glad that they ruled the way they did, because if they would have ruled a different way and, and even worded the opinions differently. Yeah, it could have drastically different implications. And I'm so glad that it ended the way it did. But kind of on that note, I don't remember if we talked about last week, but uh Oh, what's his name? Is it Jack from Twitter? The the the, the head of Twitter? Oh, Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Did we talk about that last uh, week? We did not talk about that. that I was, think that's his name is Jack. It was absolutely hilarious. He, and I think it was from some, he was like posting a screenshot of like a promo that yeah. he got X amount of money off that's or it. something like that. Hashtag boost. Hashtag boost. Yeah. Trying to boost, boost him. He was trying to boost some Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A. Because he, because he bought awesome. like 30 bucks in Chick-fil-A for something. Yeah. And somebody had tweeted him back, was like, uh, oh, what did he, oh man, that's going to kill me that I don't remember Something what he about said. being insensitive for yeah. eating in Chick-fil-A during, during Pride, Gay Pride, Pride Month. Month. Yeah. yeah. And his response was like, oh, I guess I forgot about that. Yeah. But the fact that you shop at an establishment that does not discriminate against homosexuals, but that whose CEO and whose owner doesn't believe that, you know, gay marriage and, and being, he doesn't believe in homosexuality and all this stuff, which is why they're closed on Sundays. And I was just going to say, aren't they closed on Sunday? Yeah, because he's a very religious man. And he thinks that everybody should have the day off on the day of the Sabbath and all that stuff. I mean, yeah, it is what it is. But I mean, Chick-fil-A as a whole does not discriminate against anybody. Anybody who wants to come spend money at their establishment is very free to do so. And you should never be judged by patronizing a store just because of a belief that, an, that say, an owner has who has no direct ties to you going to Chick-fil-A and getting a spicy chicken sandwich right. and some delicious sandwich. waffle fries. I've never been to Chick-fil-A <sighs> before. I, I, I can't even begin to tell you how much that pains me inside. We only have the one in Tacoma, and it's like 
they have people who are outside taking people's orders in their cars because the line is so long. And I'm it's because it's good. And I just do. I don't care that much about any type of fast food to wait in any line like that. No. My mom told me she lives by the Starbucks, like in East Bremerton. Mm-hmm. Um, and she said that she once counted 16 cars in line at Starbucks waiting for coffee. Bro, you got nowhere else to be. You can't go inside and get a Starbucks. Yeah. I'll do that just with mine. If there's like, if there is more than like two cars back from the little speaker box, I just pull around and drive inside because inside it's usually empty. <laughs> yeah. I also, I think that this might frustrate you because it frustrated me, but I kept my mouth shut. The new guy at work, and if you're listening, sir, I will defend this to you. Um, he said the other day, like, well, and there's really no good coffee place around here besides <laughs> Starbucks. That's what he said. There's not really any other place, you know, to get good coffee around here besides Starbucks. First of all, Starbucks coffee isn't even that good. No. Right? It's like, okay. And there's like 30 fucking million coffee stands in our town and yeah. in our county. Like, and the one by the bowling alley is dank as fuck. And there's one that just that new spot. the house is dank as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Is that the ice cream frappuccino place? Yep. Oh. Yeah, it is. Yes, Them it is. Them people are geniuses, man. I've been on a... Uh, root beer float game lately i saw that man i haven't had one of those in a long time i had like three of them last week <laughs> and i paid for it oh were they so fucking good <laughs> so good i got some of the uh you know like at uh safeway and albert's and shit they got that signature select it's their yeah. their brand um but they make a i think we might have had it before but they make a real cane sugar version of like a root beer cream soda and a cola yeah. And I'm a sucker for real sugar soda because it's so rare. Yeah. I, you know, I'm not into, I'm very against the high fructose crap. And so I saw that and I was like, oh, I'll indulge a little bit. And then I got some uh, some really nice high quality briars. No, actually it wasn't briars. I don't even remember. But it was some cheap ass vanilla like ice cream. Tillamook no. ice cream, bro. The actually, Tillamook it was Tillamook shit. ice cream. That's it was. delicious shit. Because it's, that's real shit too. That's good. Yeah. There ain't no in the crap in there. the red thing. Yeah. yeah delicious yeah and then i put them in my nice big like pint and a half size glasses the mugs that we sometimes drink beer out of and then yeah psh, oh, watch me a little parks and rec eat eating some root beer that float. sounds bomb so good <laughs> have to talk to jordan about that when i get home that sounds she, delish because she's pregnant right she's just she's not eating like she can't eat fried food because it makes her sick um, mm-hmm. So she really just wants to eat like shit that's good for her, which is awesome, right? She wants yeah. to eat fucking steak and potatoes, and she wants to drink kale shakes all the time, and like mm. that's all she wants is like shit that's like super good for her, which is awesome. Because yeah. I love steak and stuff. That's why we ordered that box of steak in the mail. Oh my! Um, but usually when I'm sitting there, if I think of something that sounds good, not every time because she's still pregnant, like still runs on mm-hmm. total, you know, uh, cravings and shit. But almost always I can be like, you know what sounds bomb? This. And she's like, <laughs> oh, oh my God, that would be so good. And I'm like, word, well, we can totally go and get that if you want. Like we can go to the store and I'll like, I'll get the stuff and I'll make that for you. Like, oh, look so, at you already father yeah. of the year. You don't and even I, have a baby yet. And we have to go to, we have to go to the store when I get home. So I'll get home and I'll be like, Hey, you know what sounds fucking bomb? Root beer floats. Like, oh. Wouldn't that be so delicious? Like, we had some good Tillamook ice cream, some delicious root beer. We'll make one. Dude, speaking yeah. of ice cream real quick, since we're just talking about food now. Yeah. Um, we're going into pop culture. Yeah. It's time. <laughs> pop culture, food. Yeah, what t- it's like a 3.06. We started at like, oh, yeah. We're we like started at just about two hours We're like at two hours, yeah. So nice. 
This is right about, unless you have one more thing that you want to get in today. If you would, by all means, continue with ice cream. But if you have another topic that you want to hit today, man, I did, um, but we might just save it for next week now because it's a big topic. It's that whole um, separating children at the border oh, thing that's yeah, blowing up right now. That's, but that's a heavy that's a larger topic. topic because that's yeah. into illegal immigration and stuff like that. So yeah. let's make that one of the big three next week. Yeah, because that um, problem's not going to go anywhere. Looking at the way the Congress is going, right? So it's their fucking um, problem to fix. I'm, we're not going to explain that because it's a no. teaser for next week. That's if right. you want to look into it, get informed, and then know what we have to say about it next week, then do that. But we're not going to talk about it. And have an opinion. Yeah. And let us know what your opinion is, Absolutely. and we'll talk about it on the show. Comment on us on, on Instagram or on SoundCloud. You can send us a message on the website itself. We get messages and emails and stuff like that through. Saltofthestreets.com. Yep. yep. Yeah, you can email us at saltofthestreet at gmail.com. Um, absolutely anything you guys have to say send it to us let us know we would love to hear it like we said if you don't want us to read it on the air then tell us that but we probably will if you don't say anything about it so yeah um, because you want to be on this show don't you you want your words heard and I want it to like I said be private if you guys just want to tell us something you know that you know when you talked about your uncle or when you talked about Kevin Smith's dog like that, you know, that really sat with me like that, you know, that really touched me. If you want to say something like that and you just don't want people to know, that's fine. You know, we don't have to share that. But if people are loving us, we want people to know about it. So that's why what that's that's why I'm saying that we might share it. Absolutely. But like I said, if you don't want us to, we won't. I'm not going to violate anybody's trust or anything like that. So <laughs> That's very nice of you, Don. It's very Absolutely. respectful. No antitrust over here. It's all the streets. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is one small piece of news that we can hit real quick because there's not much to say. Yeah. Paul Manafort going to jail. <sighs> yes, we had witness talked tampering. About, yeah, we talked about last week that he had yeah. been witness tampering, and um, they were talking about sending him to jail. There's another piece that you should listen to from Intercepted that was Reality Winter, Reality Winner. Mm-hmm. Do you remember? Her, I do. Um, versus Paul Manafort Ooh. and the differences between because they got sentenced or convicted like not they got indicted like at the same time, mm-hmm. right? And Paul Manafort got to go to um, the Hamptons for Christmas because his he's on house arrest, right? So he had to get special permission, and his current mansion wasn't going to be big enough for all of his family, so he needed to go to his huge estate at the Hamptons for Christmas for two weeks, right? And that got okayed. Reality winner was like, and she's facing, I think, a quarter of the prison time that Paul Manafort is, right? Mm-hmm. And she's been in jail the entire time, has like imprisoned, right? She asked for a day pass to go home for Christmas, and they said, "Fuck you." She got fresh fruit for the first time in her whole entire sentence because a church in the local area donated it. Mm, That's what she got mm, for Christmas. Mm. Fucked up. I'm not even like a huge pro-reality winner person, but it shows another huge problem in the justice system. And I think that that is a quality episode to listen to. I think the... Yeah. And just real quick before we move on to that, I think the justice system, the whole justice system is in a state of pay to play for yeah. sure pay to win almost in the video game sense <laughs> you know, the more money and the more connections you have the better your ability is to move about Absolutely. within it and if you're one of those people like the majority of people who have to settle for a public defender odds are you know your odds aren't going to be that good and that's one thing you can say about the intercept is they're paying for reality winners lawyers 
Yeah. <clears throat> because yeah, well, they were the ones that kind of blew her spot up. They will, yeah, they won't confirm or deny whether or not they were the news agency that she leaked documents to because they also won't confirm or deny whether or not she leaked documents because she pleaded not guilty, right? <laughs> so if you don't know who that is, you can look it up, but I'll just say reality when it worked for the military and she leaked documents that were the, was the first proof that the government had that Russia interfered in the election. It was almost immediately afterwards that she got picked up and was put in jail. And so... During the Obama administration, right? I think Towards so. the tail end of it. Yeah, I think right at the end. No. Um, and, excuse me. And so she allegedly leaked documents to The Intercept, and then they posted them on their website, which you can go and look at the documents, but whether or not they were leaked to them, that's what's alleged. Um, and yeah, I remember when that episode so, came out. That was um, crazy. And then the following week, they had they put in like a full disclaimer in their podcast saying, like, yeah. no, 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 we we got the from a you know from a source, blah blah blah." Yeah, and you can find those podcasts as the Intercepted Podcast, mm-hmm. um, and there are episodes about Reality Winner, and that's incredibly interesting. Um, I am usually pretty pro whistleblower, just like as like a general rule of thumb, you know, mm-hmm. but I mean, obviously case by case, but generally I'm, I'm in favor of that type of shit when it comes to Edward Snowden type stuff and, you know, Russia fucking breaking into the election type stuff. Like, I think those are things that people should know about. And it, that's information that ended up being released anyway, not because of that document, but otherwise just through the media, you know? Yeah. So it's not like it was anything that was crazy or life-threatening anyway you know it was classified at the time but all that information is known publicly now yeah so it's one of those legal bullshit kind of technicality things you know yeah. you released you you leaked classified information hence you're guilty period right full stop and whether or not that needs to be looked at and changed in the laws and whatnot i don't know but i mean what's to protect you as a whistleblower from blowing the whistle on a illegal activity if that is classified and if you leak classified material regardless you're going to get arrested anyways it's kind of a weird loophole that doesn't allow for any kind of protection for right. whistleblowers which again was president was a, a a big thing for president obama as he wanted to <clears throat> he wanted to help whistleblowers "Quote unquote," and then all of a sudden he has this, he has a terrible track record. With yeah, whistleblowers. he he ran on being pro whistleblower, had shit on his website, and then as soon as he got elected, they took all that stuff off. Yeah, and he started prosecuting people. Edward Snowden has to go to another country, like all that shit. Yeah, fucked up. And we did not hit because that's another big topic. We got two topics for next week already. What you got? And it'll be good. The IG, the Justice Department, yeah. Investigator General, more FBI will come report. out in next week anyway yeah. because that was pretty late in the week. The James Comey thing. Yeah, that happened on Thursday, and then actually, say what you want about him, but uh, Ben Shapiro did an amazing analysis on the twelve main points of the report. And I'm looking at the report right now. I got the PDF pulled up, which you can just Google, and you'll you have access to it. It's Freedom of Information. Five hundred and sixty-eight pages of gold but it looks we'll get into it more next week we'll have some we'll have all week to digest it and get through it and get some points on it and that's but the it Department looks like of justice report right the, yeah the 568 pages yeah all based off of the it's the report looking into the fbi's handling of the hillary clinton email scandal which was 2016 right yeah it was during was the time up. of the election 
um, right before it was during the campaign towards the tail end and yeah and we'll just suffice it to say it's pretty pretty damning towards a few people um, and it does kind of make the FBI look like shit at least certain sections of it it does however confirm what we said earlier James Comey grandstander yes liar no no yeah but We'll get into that. That he didn't lie. He made really poor decisions, but he didn't lie. You know what I'm saying? He he made some terrible, terrible decisions. And that's what I mean. That liar, no. Terrible decision maker and grandstander, yes. Yeah. But liar, no. And I think ultimately, I have to side with Ben Shapiro's opinion of this. But when you look at James Comey's reasonings for what he was doing to try to protect the sanctity of the Department of Justice and the Attorney General and trying to make sure that the Hillary... Actually, I think it was the the Peter Strzok part of it um, in the text messages and all this stuff. Oh, yes. Through, and we'll get into all the juicy details next week, but um, you know they were trying to make sure that Hillary Clinton was going to be covered as a legitimate presidential candidate and through that process, they probably handed up. over the election to the to President Donald Trump. Yeah. And we will break all that down next week. That's a teaser for next week. And James Comey. Which is great because now IG. we only have room for one more topic next week. Yeah. Um, it's going to be an easy week next week. Heck yeah. And then after that, we're going to find a guest and that's going to be beautiful. Boom. Dog. And so let's jump into some poppy culture. Yeah, do you want to go first? I'm you very light first? on pop culture. All right, well, you go first, and then because I got some stuff that we can talk about. The Tony Awards. Tony yeah. Awards. Yeah, the Tony Awards. Do you know what the Tony Awards are? Yeah, that's for plays and musicals for, and stuff, yeah, right? That's for theater. Theater. And uh, during uh, Robert De Niro got up to make a speech oh, during the Tony yes. Awards, and he got up there and he says, All right, I'm just going to say, fuck Trump. Fuck Trump. And then that turned into, you know, everybody jumping on board and all this shit. And that just, I mean, there's literally, that's the end of the story. But that leads you into a discussion about looking back on the Emmys and the Oscars and all these things lately. All these big award shows, they've become this kind of SJW style bubble, this this echo chamber. And I just... Every single one of these award shows now becomes this weird political, I don't know. It's its disgusting. It's not about the award shows anymore. It's, it's about making political statements and all this crap. And I was never one to indulge in the, the sanctity of the award shows myself. Yeah. But I'm definitely not going to I anymore. I never watched any of that shit. It, just, it drives me insane. Yeah. It's almost as bad as the... Uh, What's it? It's even worse than the White House uh, press dinner. Oh the yeah, correspondence yeah, the dinner. correspondence dinner. Because that's kind of the way those changed too. But that's at least supposed to be a roast. Yeah. And these award shows are just <laughs> grand, it's just grandstanding on on political hot issues, and I so just can't stand it. To be a roast. And then uh, my only other thing was Incredibles two came out, and I'm really excited. Yeah, because we're definitely I loved the first one. That. We were going to go and see it this weekend. We did not, but we're going to. I was like, the weekend is still young, baby. Yeah. I'm really excited because I told you before the cast, like I scheduled out my entire weekend this week. Yeah. Um, or this weekend. Every single hour of this weekend is scheduled because I have so much shit I got to fit in. And as of right now, we're running way ahead of schedule, so I might actually have a free hour today. Very excited. <laughs> what are you going to do with your free hour? 
probably edit the podcast so I don't have to <laughs> later <laughs> and free up some more time for some uh, maybe some uh, coffee and book reading time tomorrow morning. There you go. Let's see. What, do well, I what about you? Here for pop culture. Um, today, while I was getting ready, I watched Hot Ones, Natalie Portman Hot Ones. Oh, yeah, I watched and that. And the Johnny Knoxville Hot Ones. Those were both really good. I haven't good. seen that one yet. That one was pretty funny. Um, and then we watched Fight Club earlier this week. That's one of my favorite movies. Always a good choice. Yeah, so we watched Fight Club. And then Game of Thrones. That you know, We've been working through Game of Thrones. Doing that pretty quick. We just have it on all the time because we watched it before, you know, so... Yeah. We just kind of let it run. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Um, I started listening to a podcast that's called The Cover Up, hmm. and it is about Chappaquiddick. Chappaquiddick. Um, it is about when Ted Kennedy got into the accident. Uh, yeah, and the lady died in the car and killed that chick. Yep. Yeah. And so Ted it's, Kennedy murdered a girl. So everybody, don't forget that. So it's about that. Um, and it's been pretty interesting, and I would definitely recommend you listen to it. That sounds um, good. Yeah, and then there was the movie that just came out, Chappaquiddick. Yeah. Um, and I I really want to see that. Um, <clears throat> I've been reading the Jordan Peterson book, still trying to get that, because is that that's this week, this Thursday, that we're going to do that? Yeah. That's and I got my cool. I got my confirmation for my day off, too. Word. So we are in the Word. money. We can sleep in and then go and get some breakfast. and Yeah. Maybe we'll go to the oak table or something. Get some delicious breakfast. Oh, we'll go some breakfast. We can go to IHOB. I ain't fucking going to IHOB. <laughs> Fuck that place. We'll go somewhere. International House of Burgers. You can also go to like the Greenlight Diner or something, like in downtown Paulsbow. I've never been there. Oh, that place is yeah. good. Good stuff. Oh, you said oak table, bro. That might just have to we happen. Can definitely oak go table there. is always good. Yeah, we can definitely. I might have to bring Jordan if we go to the oak table because she's never been there. But I'm not gonna say no to that. She's also might have to. Yeah. Might have to keep it quiet. Wife will get jealous. <laughs> yeah. So that's really cool. I didn't really. That's yeah. That's really cool. That is. I'm that's really excited trip. for that. And I'm like ninety nine percent certain, Mr. Dave Rubin will be there as well. Yeah, and so we can, I figure we will drive, because everybody cares about our plans. Um, I Absolutely. figure that we will <laughs> drive onto the ferry, you know what I'm saying? Because uh-huh. Dave Rubin said when he was on Joe Rogan that he usually does like 20, 30 minutes of stand-up, yeah. and then JVP does an hour and a half, and then they do Q&A for X amount of time, you know? So we might That's have to I'm drive saying. back. Exactly. So I figure yeah. we'll take a car, we'll drive on the ferry, we'll go and eat at a bar somewhere, get a couple of beers, have some food, and then we'll go. And, yeah. you know, depending on what time it is that we get to go over there and stuff. I don't remember exactly what time the show is, but um, we'll look and maybe we can get some food and shit. And For then show. we'll park and we'll go I'm there. I'm so fucking excited yep. about that. And then if, if we can get the, if we can catch the 1250, then we'll do that, you know? And if not. I would imagine it would be all right. Yeah. Because I think it kicks off around like 730. And I don't know. I don't, know. I don't, I don't never, even never remember. Know. If it is 730, then we'll almost definitely be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't if it, start, if it doesn't start to like nine or something. Then are we, might are we going to get so. protested? I, you know, and I'm going to get any people shaking cans of pennies. I thought about that um, just like earlier this week. And I, because I hadn't super considered it before, but. We live in like a very progressive yeah. area, especially in Seattle. Like, and that's in downtown. Like, that's only twelve blocks from the ferry. It's like by Pike's Place and stuff like that. So, yeah. there's a lot of um, youth around there, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is, it's certainly a possibility, you know, people that don't understand yeah. really what's going on. I, hey, we'll wait and see. I'm excited to bring um, some paper and a pen and, um, you know, the, like my book just in case I can get him to sign it. And I've been trying I to would, rack my 
my brain for some questions. Yeah. Well, and we've got an hour and a half of lecture to think. Yeah. So I'm sure that we'll oh. have time to. Yeah. No, I'm super jazzed. So that's definitely part of pop culture is next week. We're going to Jordan Peterson. And that's going to be next week. We're going to have these two topics. So maybe we'll only have big two next week. Um, and then we'll talk about Jordan Peterson because we're going to talk about that for a I long think that's time be great. next week. That's going to be really good shit. Mm. Super excited. Um, and I then got the book right here. I saw, I have a, it's not in my stack because I have been reading it at home. Yeah. Um, but, and then I also saw on Philip DeFranco that at E3, The Last of Us 2, the trailer for that came out. Did you watch that trailer? I have not seen the trailer. Oh my good God. Have you played that game before? Colin. I know. Swear to God. It's Judge me accordingly. My top three best games fucking ever. That's like literally what I hear. down, dude. From Everybody has played that game. Down. Story like a movie. Just the graphics are off the chain. Just will make you your heart pound when you're playing it, dog. Mm. Oh my god, that is the game to be playing. And so I watched that, and the trailer is sick, nasty. And so I started playing that game again. That's a great fucking game. The Last of Us is a great fucking game. I still need to get through God of War. That oh, my man. buddy Jake and the Ginger Ninja got us for our anniversary. Yeah, you got it. I've been you, watching Carolina play it a lot. I have The Last of Us remastered for PS4, so you can borrow it whenever you're ready because you need to play it. You have to. Like, yes, sir. It's actually I'm going over to my my mom's house tonight, and my little brother has literally told me that every single time oh, we come up, he's like, "Dude, I got it right here. Oh, take it's it." So good. I got to yeah, do it. Take it. Got to do it. it because it's so good. You, I don't know how much you know about the story, but the people that don't, The Last of Us is like a zombie-ish base type game and the main character joel like right when it kicks off he loses his daughter and then like 15 years goes by and he helps one of his friends um smuggle a girl who is immune to the virus and so he is trying to find this group called the fireflies um who is like a resistance group you know against the government and try and find them so they can try and help develop a cure and so that's like the story behind the game and is um, it one of those uh it's it's fucking incredible is that is it one of those storylines where the let's say like the firefly group may or may not actually exist but it's you have to believe it does for the hope's sake yeah okay then yeah that sounds right up my alley um and i think they know that it exists but whether or not they know that this group they're looking for exists you know um because it's like as you go on you know there's more and more stuff that you know you get to the first place and all the fireflies are gone and you get to the second place and all the fireflies are gone you know Mm. so it's it's like a stuff yeah and at the end dog it's the first time i played i legitimately dropped a tear the first time it finished like it's the story is that fucking good you know that i can't wait for the last of us 2 because that's going to be fucking incredible nice yeah well i you got should, homework to do you should watch the trailer for <laughs> sure but definitely play that game like i said top top three games ever and you um when you finish it and you start over because there's like eight different weapons i think that you get and then you find parts and stuff throughout the game and you upgrade the weapons you know different the clip capacity and uh, you know all that stuff and 
you can't it's impossible to do it all in one game or even like five games and so when you start the game over you still have all the upgrades that you finish the game with and get to continue on because i think i've played through four times now and i still don't have all my weapons all the way upgraded nice yeah so it's that replayability yeah and it's a key factor and i think it ups the level of difficulty every time you play it um so it gets harder and harder and you need more and more parts to upgrade them i think god of war does that too Really, you can good. just start over with the same shit you got, and then I think that's the new update they're bringing. Yeah, if I remember right, that's that's what I liked about Fallout Four is that when the game was over, you know, it didn't end like the other ones. You just continued to play, and there's like other side missions you can mm-hmm. do, and like other shit that can get done. I really liked that. So you remember when Fallout was it seventy two seventy six seventy six. I haven't watched. Are we the just long assuming that that's going to be Vault seventy six? I'm assuming, yeah, unless it's the year twenty seventy six. But could be. I'm not into Fallout enough to know the lore behind it and like the years and shit and the stories. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I don't know that stuff. You know, oh I've yeah, because played... the original goes back to like the early days, right? Can I've never played those ones on the computer. The first one I played was Fallout three, and yeah, then New Vegas and four. Um, so. That's all that I've got. But you remember when that announcement came out, and I was yeah. like, "Yo, that's awesome!" But what the fuck? But where's, where's my Elder Scrolls? Scrolls? And then at E3, Elder they Scrolls, Elder Scrolls Six. Oh, yeah, Elder Scrolls is life and I finally has that meaning. Trailer yet either, but it's not. Mu- it's literally just like a, a like landscape a teaser. Oh. teaser. But oh my god, have you watched? I'm so excited because they made like a longer Fallout seventy six trailer. I haven't. Oh, I'm that, kind that of one's... not wanting to, just because it's a Fallout game. I know it's going to be amazing. Yeah, I almost just want to try to go into it as cold turkey as possible. Yeah, just for the 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 total clean feeling of not knowing what I'm going to get. We'll have to, but we'll figure it out. We'll have to. You and I will have to buy it at the same time. And, and then play it. Yeah, and see who can get to the end first and shit like that. We'll see. Who I get, got you, bro. Can compare weapons and stuff that we get and cracking my knuckles. I'm I'm better at Fallout than I am at Elder Scrolls. Um but because Elder Scrolls I think is a little more in depth the like the upgrading system with all the different two handed, one handed stuff like that that you can upgrade whereas Yeah, a lot more like, class based. In Fallout, it's done through, like, the different special things, you know, and it's on, like, especially Fallout 4, it's done on, like, that big chart and stuff like that. Um, But Fallout 4, that was a great game. Dude, E3 this year has been... Sick nasty. Insane. Well, we could do a whole show on E3, but... Yeah. That's a... I've been... I follow a couple guys uh, that are really deeply involved in the, the gaming scene. Yeah. There's a great podcast, and they have a great video podcast of it as well called uh, What's Good Games. And it's these three girls from, I think one of them is from Seattle. Really? And yeah, but they all are industry professionals and used to be, and they have an amazing podcast all about video games and pop culture stuff, and it's all amazing. And so I get a lot of news through them. That and then my old uh, homeboy, Colin Moriarty. Yeah. Who spells his name legitimately C-O-L-I-N, just like it's properly <laughs> supposed to be spelled, like not with two be. L's. Yeah. And... uh Fake ass motherfuckers. But he's kind of branched out too because he started his Colin's Last Stand podcast after yeah. he left his his stuff. Kind of funny, yeah, kind of funny. Which has continued to be very successful, and he, we're we're all very happy about. They that. They were on Smodcast once, yeah, and they yeah they they make the rounds a lot. I think they do some stuff with uh, Rooster Teeth too. Because Colin Moriarty was there when when yeah. he was on. Yeah, he was one of the original founders. Yeah, but yeah, he's a 
gotten back into the video game scene again now and he's got a bunch of other podcasts that he does that revolve around video games and shit which is nice but there goes the hat <laughs> but word i think that's that's a boot it unless i uh, think so as far as pop culture yeah. um see the last of us oh the trailer for the last of us 2 is a gameplay trailer um so it's like 10 11 minutes long um, but it's like sick nasty gameplay i told jordan uh my wife that i was like the differences for me is that there are you know the video games are getting good when they're upgrading shit that you didn't know that you cared about right yeah so like in the new the last of us when she's picking stuff up like when the character's picking stuff up they don't just like grab and just like put their hand behind them and then it's gone right she's like picking up an arrow and it's like sliding into her backpack and then she's like moving on it's like tiny shit that yeah you didn't even know even fucking mattered to you that they're like upgrading and changing that's so awesome it's gonna be so fucking nasty dude that I thought The Last of Us itself was an amazingly graphic game, like amazingly designed, but The Last of Us 2 looks even even better, you know? I cannot fucking wait. Yeah, that's going to be amazing. There's a lot of really, really good video games hitting over the next year, year and a half. Yeah. I mean, every, it's like this, the industry itself is so much bigger than I could have ever imagined it would be. And I am so happy for that. It's great. <laughs> it's so great. Nothing but good news. So is that all you have for pop culture? That's all I got, baby. All right. Well, let's move on to sports, and we'll talk about uh, sports. Sports. Um, so we can talk about the Eagles real quick because we didn't talk about that last week, that they were supposed to go to the White House because they had won the yeah. Super Bowl, right? Um, and there's two different sides to the story, as there is to almost every story, right, where the Eagles said that – that they didn't want to go, right? Mm-hmm. Which is not uncommon that people on the team won't want to go. You know, the White House, and then Donald Trump, President Trump, canceled the visit like at the last minute. Yeah. Um, and the reason being, the White House said that they had, that the Eagles had originally committed, and then I think decommitted, and then said that they could only be there one weekend. That Sarah Sanders alleged that they knew that President Trump couldn't be there. Um, and then only so many people on the team were going to go, and the White House was disappointed because, like we said, Donald Trump is afraid to throw a party that nobody wants to go to. Yeah. Um, and so they just canceled the event altogether and did, like, a celebration of America or something like that. Um, I don't remember exactly what yeah. it was. Some shit like that uh, that was, like, a 15-minute ceremony. Yeah. Um, well, I think they they, uh, they did something with a bunch of soldiers and stuff like that. Yeah. So it wasn't, it wasn't terrible. I sh- shit like that. I shouldn't say that. But it wasn't, you know, the Super Bowl ceremony that all those Eagles fans and shit had gone to, had signed up to gone to and paid to go to. And then they... Sarah Sanders, you know, tried to put it back on the Eagles and say, you know, that they didn't care about their fans and they're not looking for anybody and they didn't care about the flag, even though not a single player on the Eagles knelt during the regular season or the postseason. Yeah, that was a big um, one because they tried to say that they did and yeah, knew. and they didn't. There's no evidence of that at all. That you can go and watch all of the games and none of them knelt during the pledge and what or the was, national anthem. I want to say it was Fox News ran a story. Yes, for like Fuck a Fox day. News. Yeah, where they they showed pictures of of players kneeling, and then they just tried to describe the hypocrisy and yeah. all this stuff. And then come to find out, they didn't do their research, and that was just a couple players. Prior to the game, prior to anything, going out onto the field to to do their pregame pray, prayer, yeah. and <laughs> sure, Bullshit, dude, dude. You, I mean, that's just another example 
just like there is. There's a countless examples every single day of shitty journalism, which, again, you won't makes, find that here. No, gives me pride in the little that we do here to, you know, know what the fuck we're talking about. At least only say shit that's true, and if it's not true, then we fix it on Tuesday. Yeah. It's not that. It's not that difficult. You just can't. I think there's a lot of pressure. I will say, on these news organizations to to break stories and be the yeah. first ones and stuff. And it's not a it's not a good environment for journalism to thrive in. It's a really really bad motivator. Yeah. And the that's where the idea of clickbait came from and all this crap. And it's just not a good. It's not a good way. For news to exist, for journalism to exist, right? You know, you remember that whole Sean King thing with the intercept, King. and that just—I hate that guy. I hate it so much. Just do your fucking job, man. Yeah. Just do your job. Not that fucking hard, dude. No, if I can do it, you can do it. With I a regular should, yeah. job and this other job, yeah. Come on, man. Just do better at life, people. Come on. <laughs> okay, more more sports. Yeah, so that's all we have on that. Mm. Um. Like I said, I don't really want to talk about the Mariners that much because I want to give them good time. So maybe I'll try and find somebody from work that can come in next week and we can talk about the Mariners for a while. Because the Mariners are fucking killing it. They are absolutely destroying it right now. They just swept the Angels. um, And, I mean, now they're playing the Red Sox. And they just won their game last night. Yeah, they've been on a fucking kicker, man. They are destroying right now. So... Even with old uh, Robbie Cano. Yeah. So, I, so I'd like to give them time that I feel like they deserve. So Absolutely. I don't want to talk about them just a little bit. I want to talk about the mods. So I'll try and do that next week, maybe the week after. Next guest we have in, I'll try and have somebody, unless you have somebody else in mind. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. But we'll figure it out. Because I want to get Jake and Morgan in here. I really yeah. want them both in here because I want to spend that time with them, and I think that would be cool. That would be really but fun. I understand that it takes them time. I also want Trenton here, but I have to convince Trenton to come on the <laughs> podcast. So Trenton, if you're listening, I'm fucking calling you out right now. We're getting you, bro. It's time to come on the podcast. You're on Jake the list. and Morgan, it's time to come on the podcast as a pair because Morgan's been on before. And the both of you. She got all excited uh, yesterday when we went out to dinner because uh, I told her we'd be talking about head tech stuff. And she's like, oh, oh. Yeah. Like, mm, yep. Yeah, man. We want, we want you on. And we definitely want you to play fantasy again next year. I'm going to texting you soon the head count just is going on nice yeah that's why i also start doing that this week texting people to um letting my final people know you know about the baby that i didn't want to find out from social media and if there's anybody that i forgot about i really apologize i'm not trying to disrespect anybody <laughs> or whatever because that's something you have to worry about i'm not trying to upset anybody it's obviously big news so we're you know Really, just kind of as we run into people, we were telling everybody. But um, I also started texting people to get the head count for fantasy. Nice. See, you know, if I have to fill any roster spots or anything like that. Um, so now we can move on to football. Um, I have a couple of things here. So Khalil Mack, who's defensive tackle for the Raiders, who is an absolute fucking sick, nasty monster, super crazy good. He's holding out of mini camps um, because he wants a bigger contract. Mm-hmm. Um, the same thing with Earl Thomas. Uh, there's a couple of people that are holding out that you know they want they want bigger contracts. Julio, I think, um, was holding out. He said that he wants a bigger contract. Julio Jones. Um, the people that are like really supreme talent, you know, they want. They're they asking money, for their money. You know, they want good money. Um, and I, think I mean, that, they already get good money, but they want yeah. more. They want, they want the, the industry equivalent to what they feel they deserve. We'll say that. Because every professional football player, from the guy that literally doesn't ever get to play a game, 
they all get paid good money. Well, and we kind of talked about that a couple, maybe last week or the week before, a couple weeks ago, that I feel like the way that the pay scale is done in the NFL now is not the way that it should be. You know, it yeah. should be done like almost on your ranking, you know, not not by the numbers exactly because there's other things that need to be taken into account, you know, your injury history and how dependent you are or how dependable you are and stuff like that. There's other things that go into it, but that's largely, you know, if you are not a top 10 receiver consistently, then you don't deserve to be paid like a top 10 receiver consistently just because you have that mentality by yourself that you're confident, you know, that's fine. But if you're it's almost not... Like- tax brackets if you're not antonio brown you don't deserve to get paid like antonio brown you yeah know what i'm saying if like yeah if you're in not if you're not in the top tier you know you're, you're more of like a, a middle upper tier yeah you still don't deserve top tier money man yeah and it's i mean there's a like we said even one of the things age you know that goes into it there old thomas yeah. is getting older you know he's not old but he's getting older you know mm-hmm. and it's that's something you have to consider especially somebody who's going to be out in the backfield like that uh in in the secondary that's going to be running a lot and going after people hitting people hard i mean he's a good fucking safety you know he's making plays out there so that's something you have to consider when you're talking about big contracts like that do i want to see him go somewhere else no do i I didn't want to see any of those people go anywhere else you know i didn't want to see uh sherman go anywhere else i didn't want to see bennett go anywhere else i mean none of those people you know as as much as i understand the reasons for them to leave i want them to be here because i think that makes the team better yeah Uh, but that's uh that could be argued all day um, yeah about and that's the problem players, with sports you know, um is that there's unfair. stats to go with it but even those stats yeah can be i mean to talk about to go off to use those stats i mean you're also entering into a world of very subjective discussion yeah because it's sports man these are human beings you never know how people are going to play they could have the best stats in the world and have just a shitty year for whatever reason yeah never know one day when we don't have to have jobs, I'll I'll do an hour of sports every day, every yes. other day, something like that, um, and I'll have people on, and it will be sweet. But that's my a, dream for you a, to have a sports show <laughs> on the Salt of the Streets Network. Yeah. As of now, uh, you just you just get a little bit every week. That's right. So, just a little uh, um, a little sprinkling. Seahawks also signed a new linebacker, Joshua Perry, um, which is good. I mean. It, at a time we're pretty much rebuilding the defense, you know, that's got to have people in there, get them in there, see who's the best, weed out the shitty ones, fucking move on. You know, we also have a lot of people that are a little bit older from the Legion of Boom that, that are just getting a little bit older, mm-hmm. you know, that you have to start looking for people to kind of take those spots. Uh, Cam Chancellor, you know, I mean, it's it's still up in the air whether or not he's even going to come and play this year. So you yeah. have to start looking into uh, like Kelsey McRae, you know, is the guy that played in his spot last year. I'm pretty sure okay. McRae's yeah. still on the team. Uh, so that's shit that you have to start looking into, you know, when people start to get older. Uh, like I said, especially in, in the Legion of Boom in high contact positions like that where Cam Chancellor's a fucking enforcer, you know. Yeah. That's, that's the nickname the, the enforcer. Man. I mean, that's, yeah, the shit is nasty. Bam, bam, Cam. I mean, the camp Nasty. train. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, the Cowboys re-signed their guard, Zach Martin, to a six-year, $84 million deal, 40 guaranteed. I mean, but the Cowboys have, like, the number one offensive line in the league. I mean, yeah. that's, you know, their shit is A1. So he deserves to be getting paid. I mean, that's an absurd amount of money, but because especially for a lineman, they don't usually get paid like that. You know? Yeah. But that sh- obviously shows you the, the quality is of a, the talent. Yeah. And that's definitely a thing. Whenever you talk about sports players and, you know, these professional players and their salaries, yeah, you kind of have to 
step back a little bit and just look at the numbers involved with everyone else because it's really easy to just look at like your own life and your own salary and be like those motherfuckers get to play sports and they get paid that kind of money yeah but you have to kind of divorce that 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 sense when you're talking about these salary things because it is what it is man and it's the reality of the situation (laughs) is it, it, it is what it is and if you want to be a competitive person a, prof- a professional athlete in a competitive position i mean you have to uh, i don't know how to, i would put that i mean you have to to get your worth comparatively to what everybody else is worth right you can't under under evaluate your your potential right you know, and it's a well, really delicate balance because every single number you talk about is is rather absurdly huge but if they're all absurdly huge, you still have to compete in that industry. Well, and the thing that I see in this, right, like you were talking about the potential, is that 40 guaranteed, 84 million overall, right? So that means, like, first of all, they see potential in him. Second of all, they see potential in the team, right? Because I don't know, I don't know specifically what those incentives are, but I'm sure a lot of them are um, – Playoffs, playoff appearances, you know, how many times they go to the playoffs, how many Super Bowls they go to, if they win playoffs, if they win Super Bowls. He's making millions more if he if they go to those things. Yeah. You know? So that means they're start they see real potential, which I can agree with. You know, they see potential in Dak Prescott, in Ezekiel Elliott. You know, they're trying to kind of work on their receiving core a little bit more because they, they let go of Des Bryant. Des Bryant still doesn't have a job, by the way. Ooh. Um, and that's <laughs> poor Des. Yeah. So <clears throat> it's they're they're betting a lot on Zeke if mm-hmm. they're paying their line like that. And they're betting a lot on their team as a whole that they think that it's going to take them somewhere. You know? Yeah. Jerry Jones isn't fucking around. He's, no, he's and there he never and, really has. Yeah, when they have the number one valued NFL team, you know, in the NFL, I mean, it's he's he's playing big fucking ball over there, yeah. you know. And he's a, he's a true veteran when it comes to owners, man. Yes. Hey, you it's, know the he, it's going to be an exciting season. I will say that. You know that he operates that business with his kids, like that work underneath <laughs> them, like his daughter and his two sons. Well, they're going to need it because how old is Jerry Jones? Now? <sighs> Jerry Jones is old, dog. <laughs> I mean, he looks like a walking skeleton. Yeah, him and Nancy Pelosi are probably pretty interchangeable. <laughs> One's got a little <laughs> slightly longer hair, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I love um, Nancy Pelosi. I don't know what talking about. Come on now. Uh, the Saints signed running back Terrence West, and he ran for the Ravens last year, and they're going to use him probably a lot in the first four games as a kind of a number two back to Alvin Kamara because Mark Ingram got popped for steroids yeah. for PEDs, so he's out for the first four games. So they're probably going to bring West in a little bit in the preseason, warm him up to like their system and like how it goes. I don't know. Off the top of my head, I would have to look into it how similar the play style is for mm-hmm. the Ravens and the Saints. You know, I don't know. Yeah. I would have to imagine it's at least similar, or else they wouldn't be looking at Terrence West to sign yeah. the team. But um, we'll have to see. You know how he looks. And Terrence West is a pretty good running back. He's not a one, but he's good. You know, he's solid. So <clears throat> I can definitely see him being a number two back. He's not going to be Mark Ingram, um, but that Mark Ingram Alvin Kamara combo was just amazing for the fucking saints last year and that's kind of i think a little bit what the hawks are looking for this year with you know the new running back they signed rashad penny and then they still have mike davis and they still have jd mckissick uh so i think they're 
they're looking to do a little bit of that, you know, find kind of what their one-two punches and, and go with that. Um, the Jets signed a new defensive lineman, Courtney Upshaw. Um, and I've definitely heard him before, but I don't know. Yeah, I've he's, heard that name. Yeah. It sounds really familiar. Played with the Falcons before, I think. Okay. Um, the Cardinals re-signed their punter, Andy Lee, to a two-year extension, so they're going to keep their punter. Uh, the Texans re-signed linebacker Bernardrick McKinney to a five-year, $50 million extension. You say Bernardrick? Bernardrick. That's a uh, strong name. Yeah. Powerful. I made sure I wrote that down correctly because <laughs> it's it's Bernardrick. Bernardrick. Um, so take God that as you will. Yeah, so five-year, $50 million extension, which is Woo! good. Yeah, the Texans have a pretty good defense, and they're looking to keep yeah. that shit where it is. Jadavion Clowney, J.J. Watt, uh, obviously Bernardrick McKinney. So they've got some shit going on over there. Uh, the Cowboys linebacker David Irving got suspended for the first four games. Um, I'm not sure exactly why, mm. so I'll have to look that up on Tuesday. Um, but that's the last thing that there's been a lot of that shit, dude, in football. And we talked about it before, though. I, <clears throat> I can understand, but don't defend the use of steroids and HGH and stuff like that in football because the toll that it takes on your body is ridiculous Mm -hmm. and so when you're 29 30 years old and you've been doing it for 10 years at the minimum you know 12 years probably because you've been doing at least since college if not in high school because how rare is it to walk onto a college team right so i mean you know you've been doing it for 15 years that i can't imagine the toll that that takes on your body you know and trying to keep up and make that money that you know if you just sign a new contract if you're a guard for for the fucking Cowboys, you know, and the this guy, he's never. I'm not saying that he's ever done stairs before the mm-hmm. guard for the Cowboys. That's just an example. But you know, if you just sign a new contract for forty million and you want eighty four, you know, you want all that you can <clears throat> get out of it. But now you're starting to be a little bit slower. You're starting to struggle a little bit. You know, well, I I got to keep making that money. I, oh, the I pressure's got to be shit, huge. You know, so I can't imagine. Um, yeah, can't imagine what that is. Let me ask you this real quick. Do you think a hundred years from now? society will be looking back on like this era in football and be like how did we ever allow this industry to become such a popular thing because we know how much damage it does to people's bodies they may look at it similarly but not exactly like not comparatively to gladiators you know that now we look back and we're like you know, we can't imagine letting people fucking fight to the death, you know, or like forcing people to fight lions or anything like that. But, but we did you know, it. A hundred years from now, are they going to look back at UFC and be like, I cannot believe they really let people stand in a ring with, you know, basically nothing gloves and just beat the shit out of each other. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, mean, I would argue no gloves would probably be safer, but a lot of people would. A mm-hmm. lot of people would because the gloves really just protect your hands, not the person's face. You know, they that's stop like the old from, school leather yeah. helmet football. Yes. And no pads and yeah. stuff like that. The gloves really just stop you from breaking your fingers, not from breaking the person's face. Yeah. So it yeah, would arguably be safer to have no gloves because then if you break your finger, you know that you have fucked something up, you know. Yeah. So but that's that's another deal. So I yeah. I I could definitely see that, you know, that they look back and they're like, I can't believe that they let anybody do that. Look what happens to their brains. You know, mm-hmm. I can't believe they let anybody destroy their bodies like that. So Yeah. But I the money is there. Obviously. Keep, keep people in the game. So I could see it, you know. Word. So that's all that I have for sports. The solid sports. The, yeah. Do you have anything else? Colin Calhurt would be very proud of you. 
Thank I just you. want you to know that. I've told a lot of people that I feel like if I did only a sports show, it would be similar to Colin Cowherd's. And it's, I can't wait for us to get to a point in our lives where we can do that. Yeah. Because that's going to be good. Yeah. So do you have anything else that you want to cover? Not a baby. I think it? we've wrapped this thing up rather pretty and set ourselves up for right. uh, episode next week already. Yeah. Well, before I uh, deliver this line, I just want to say again, you know, we appreciate the support from everybody. Uh, check everything out on SoundCloud, uh, on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, Salt of the Streets, everywhere I can. If it's not there, it's Salt of the Street. Um, you know, Salt of the Street on Twitter, Big Bird Offie on Twitter, uh, on Instagram, Alpaca underscore Donovan on Instagram. You know, yeah, yeah seeing those numbers this week kind of surpassed that awesome that that threshold that milestone that yeah. threshold was it was a big deal. And it was really, really cool. So once again, a huge shout out to everybody that's listening. You guys everybody. are amazing. I can't wait to continue forth and see what the future holds for all of us. Absolutely. It's going to be exciting times. So with that, uh, let's see. <laughs> I'm so excited. This is a good one. Um, so, you know, Colin, with everything that we talk about on this show, I just feel like cannibalism, racism, that's not for us. Those are things better left to the suits in Washington. We're just here to eat some dude. <laughs> I don't I don't want to eat any dudes. <laughs> <laughs>